Welcome to the Spinner's Lit Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer. With me are members of the roundtable, are Dan and Mark. Uh, Brian's out tonight, but he's uh, he's actually wrenching on games right now. So we're going to get him in. Um, next episode, again, still part of the roundtable crew. Uh, we wish him well. Uh, tonight's episode is episode 42, Road Trips, Shows, and Queso Cheese. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start this off. Uh I did a road trip. I did a road trip. I drove from my home now in Casper, Wyoming, uh, out to California. So uh, I drove actually out uh, the first day to Reno, and then I stayed in Reno overnight. And then I met up with a friend of the show and pinball brother, uh, Greg Ong, who's a a former member of the uh, board for the Golden State Pinball Festival. Um, and we had, because he was in, in Reno Farm Business, so we had breakfast together. That was cool. And I headed down into California where I immediately met with clients and got to work and then uh, headed up to home office in uh, Chico for a few days and also stayed with my, my daughter and son-in-law and we had a nice time. We had shawarma. Um, there's a great shawarma joint up in Chico. So, um, but queso cheese, queso cheese comes from, uh, and we'll get to the shows in a minute. Queso cheese comes from, um, I, I was tired. It was a long day. I'd you know, been on the road for a few days and often, you know, because when you travel and uh, I'm like, what do you guys want? And, and, and my daughter and son-in-law live in, in my hometown in a small town, Oroville, uh, California. And it's a small town. So there's not a lot there. So it's like, there's not really anything good here. Dad, we go to Chico. I'm like, all right. So I'm like, well, you know what? There's a Denny's. You guys, Denny's good. And she's like, yeah, Denny's is fine. Yes, I'm so a shaky Oroville. Come on. Shakey's has really gone downhill from what everyone tells me. Aww. So, uh, but my my daughter and son-in-law both agreed to Denny's. I just left it at that because neither one of them like Shakey's. So yeah, I know. Anyway, no, but we did go to Celestino Pizza the next night, and that was real good. But anyway, um, so we're at Denny's, and I'm tired, and, and the kid looks terrified. He comes out, so it's like, "Sir, we're out of queso cheese for your bacon tater tot, whatever." And I'm like, well, it comes with cheddar too, right? And he's like, yes, sir. And I'm like, I'd just put extra cheddar on it. And that would be okay. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. And then I swear to God, I, I gave this zero thought. Just the kid was real happy. I wasn't like being a jerk about the cheese. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm tired, hungry. I, I was tipped good, you know. Anyway, um, I was just tired and hungry and good, glad to be with my daughter and son-in-law. And uh, so it's like days later, I'm driving home. And I see something like about cheese and queso, like on a billboard, it's queso something. I don't, I don't know what it was advertising. You know, I've been on the road a while. And it just dawned on me. It's like, all right, queso is Spanish for cheese. So what you're telling me is you were out of cheese cheese, but had cheddar cheese. And I let it go at that because, I mean, I was already gone. But I just like kind of chuckled to myself in my head going, these poor kids, I don't even think they realize what they're saying. You know, that's where the queso cheese comes from. So uh, we're, <laughs> out of che- we're out of cheese cheese, but we got cheddar. Okay, whatever. That's fine. For what it's worth, the bacon tater tot thing was really good. I was really tired and really hungry. Um, so, yeah, so I road tripped. Um, and then uh, I, we uh, Dan and I linked up. We played some pinball. We uh, got down to uh, Vacaville to a uh, friend of the show and pinball brother and uh, all-around great guy and former board member Brad Grant. And got to play pinball at his house and where we got to play the uh, the heist, the new multimorphic game, among other things. So cool. Um, 
So we got to cool. talk about yeah. heist. We will talk we, about we, heist. We're gonna we're gonna get into that. So yeah. I went. So two weeks before, God, I got a lot to talk about. But I'm gonna try to get through this quick, and then the rest of you guys can talk. Uh, uh, if you're trying to get through this quick, you uh, you missed out like <laughs> three minutes ago. So just keep going. <laughs> I, know. I know. Okay, I'll try to keep it under ten minutes. So okay, so um, uh, like. Like two weeks before I traveled out to California, which is a little like a week ago, uh, so three weeks ago, I went to the uh, Rocky Mountain Pinball and Game Room Expo, and that's uh, don't ask me the city. It, I'll say Denver. It's a suburb of Denver. I don't know. I'm still learning this stuff. Um, it's in a, a really nice hotel, um, you know, like a, a Marriott or Hyatt, and whatever. Um, is nice, right? So we walk in and they're like, hi, how you doing? You know, and some people wearing masks and uh, they're like, you want to wear a mask? Cool. If you don't, hey, wash your hands a lot. There's sanitizer stations everywhere. There's the bar, there's food, there's drinks. It's 30 bucks, you know, have fun. Um, they had all kinds of cool t-shirts and they had like last year's and year before t-shirts and posters. I picked up a poster, which I'll put a video later to the game room. Um, it's hanging on my wall. Um and I'll send it to you, Mark. You'll get a kick out of it. So, um, so I'm there, and I, I, you know, it's really weird because you know, usually to show, I'm, I don't want to sound fucking like arrogant about this, but I'm kind of the big man on campus. You know, back home at GoGo at Golden State, everybody knows me. I know everybody. You know, because I've been going to these shows for a lot of years. So it's like Spence, hey, gone, how you doing? And and it's great. So I walk into the Denver show and it's just like, hey, random asshole that likes pinball. Okay, cool. Uh, wow, this just feels weird. It's a nice show, though. And then uh, about 20 minutes into the show, I'm walking around and I bump into Rob Anthony. Rob Spence gives me a big hug. I give him a hug. Hey, man, because he lives. If you don't know, Rob lives in Wyoming. He lives at the other end of the state. So, you know, how you like in Wyoming? Love it. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, you know, I got a hotel room with JJ, uh, game exchange. Come on up, man. I go, I got my, you know, home. I got my wife and kids. No, no, bring everybody, man. 630 pizza. Like, awesome. So we did that. And, uh, a few minutes later, I run into JJ. And then, uh, I run into Tim Mezzle, Measle, Measle, and his lovely wife. I believe it's um, Measle. It's Measle Mod. I believe it is Measle. I hope I got it right. Awesome people. And, uh, the cool thing is, is all of them when we're talking are like, even, you know, JJ is like, this is my home show and I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. He's like, but I'm looking forward to Golden State. And everybody else is like, we love this show, but we're looking forward to Golden State. You know, so that speaks volumes about, you know, the show that the the NorCal folks put on. Um, it really does. Good show, man. Um, highlights of now talking with the locals and stuff. Met a few people. Uh, finally met uh, local pinball people here in Casper. They live like five blocks away. And uh, I was putting my initials into Godzilla uh, up in up in the uh, suite. And uh, uh lady goes, hey, you're Mr. Gone. I'm like, yeah, hi. She's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, hey. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're, you guys are from Casper. And we got to talking. And uh, so we're going to get together soon. I had to go, you know, road trip to California. And then uh, I had a little Halloween party the night before Halloween, but, uh, you know, I kind of put it together like a week and a half before Halloween and they already had plans. A lot of people did, but still had a lot of cool people show up in a good time. So met some local pinball people. That was cool. Um, and everybody said, no, it's still a good show in Denver, but because of the COVID about half the games that usually show up, showed up. They, they had some nice older EMs. They had all the new modern stuff. Thanks to JJ and, and Rob Anthony. 
um, you know, they had a, a, an altar man and uh, a Halloween. I played the altar man. I didn't get to the Halloween because the line was just too long and I was only there for the day. Um, you know, um, got lots of plays on Godzilla. They had all the newest games there at the time. Um, there was a, somebody even brought a bingo game. I didn't play it, but it looked immaculate, like in perfect condition. And that was, that was a nice mix of video games and pinball. So it sounds like you had a really great show. How many games were there at the show? There were right around 100 pins and probably about 60, 75 video games. Um, the highlight for me was um, seeing and playing, being able to play the super rare game. It's a Spanish game. I, I want to tell you it was a spin ball, but don't quote me on that. Um, I'll post some pictures of the Facebook page. I took a bunch. Uh, it's called Bushido. And it's it's a dot matrix game, um, I believe early nineties, and uh, it, it you you never it, in fact uh, talking with some people there is one of the show organizers or the show organizer brings it, and it was just such a rare treat because you know it's one of those kind of things where you just never see something like that, you know. What was the theme? Um, like samurai warriors called Bushido. Yeah, Bushido is like like. Japanese for like code of honor. Yeah. Yeah. I played that at, at uh, expo. Oh, did you play? One oh, you went, yeah. You went to expo. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we're, hold on. I'm going to pull it up right now. So um, it's got like a red back glass and uh, yeah. I know. I, yeah. I played that. That's so funny. Yeah. That yeah, was, yeah. that was done as a gift from uh gary stern to like the president of data east or at least one of those was i believe well no, this one's um industria electromechanica something oh it's i must, I must be thinking of something else then yeah, no, there was, i think there was a different one but this one was built in 1993 does it show how many and it was a dmd yeah i, and, I do and, remember and it that real, as dmds go the animations and stuff were pretty rudimentary like it was like almost like in beta yeah um, okay yeah but um no it's um 1993 four players um model number a-1954 uh, no numbers on production but i understand it's a very low production game so it had multi it, it had uh it wasn't a single level too right it had like multi levels to it didn't um, it well it had this weird little thing kind of sort of a ball lock kind of reminiscent of um it's funny i mentioned this of the uh turbo bobby in indianapolis 500 so there's there's Dan segue um kind of like that and then it had two ramps so there was kind of a not really an upper play field, but it, the ball, you know, it had two, two ramps and uh, it, it's fun game. It's interesting. Like, it, you know, Sp all those Spanish games have some really neat features and you don't see them. Um, you know, other than that, there was uh, I, nothing really stood out for me after two years in the pinball shows and then being in a show in a strange city I've never been in before, you know, kind of like being brand new again, but it was a good show. And uh, all the people were, were wonderfully polite and uh, just like in any pinball show, you know, just a good all around experience. If you're anywhere in the Denver area, man, during the Mile High show, you know, pinball, arcade, cosplay, whatever your jam is, definitely check it out. I had a great time and I, and I can't wait to do it again. And I have a, a poster hanging on uh, 
my stairwell to my basement with all my uh, show posters from Pinagogo and Golden State Pinball Festival. That's great. So uh, what you're saying then is it had a good vibe. Oh, it, a felt, great it vibe. felt the same kind of vibe that we've had at Pinagogo as well as Golden State, which is a great segue for Dan because I know you spent a little more time than I did over at uh, Pinagogo, but let's hear what your experience was over uh, at Pinagogo. Yeah, so we both made it to Pinagogo, which was our local show for years and years and years. And uh, it was pretty good. I mean, to anyone who's been to Pinagogo, it has a real small town fairground kind of vibe. Probably, I would say like 120 games there. Uh, We had a couple vendors. There were a couple Godzillas. And uh, so I think it was most of our first chance to get our hands on a Godzilla Pro. And uh, gosh, I'm blanking on the guy's name. But one of the dudes from Stern, the guy who just did the software on Jack Danger's Jurassic Park, he was there as a representative of Stern uh, helping out and helping people with Insider Connect, which was really, really neat to get our hands on. And And what uh, was really awesome about that, too, is it was the first show where they were testing out Stern Insider Connect. Yeah, we got to log in and and be some of the first people to in public anyway to get our hands on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a good show. I mean, I think that in terms of the game selection, uh, we had a couple guys, uh, TJ and Mark really brought the heat. I think that they kind of made the show. They brought their Kingpin, which I think that there's a dozen of those. So, you know, that's pretty, uh, exceptional crowds were, were light. I mean, it wasn't super, super busy. So there was, uh, never a wait to get on anything cool except for Godzilla. And even that would be, you know, you had to wait through a game or two. And uh, yeah, man, I I really wish that you could have made it out for it, Spencer. I think that you would have really dug it. Uh, And, uh, you know, there was some good stuff to see. Awesome. Uh, They were really in great shape. They pretty much lasted the whole, at least when I went there on Saturday, I only had a chance to go one day. But I had a chance to go and play Alien, uh, the that's right. Um, that guy brought his version. brand new Alien. Oh, he had actually he had the Pinball Brothers version, the new one. He had the Pinball Brothers version, which was I didn't see that anywhere except Pinagogo. So that was a real treat, and uh, I I love playing that. That was a great shooter, and it had some good rules in it. And I got lucky, and I didn't realize I you know how you get that beginner's luck when you never play a game, and you have no idea what you're doing, and then you end up going holy cow, I just just got the highest score. I can't believe that. You know, it's pretty funny when that happens. I'm sure that's happened to you, Dan. Well, I did get a chance to talk to him about it. And apparently, yeah, that game was fresh new. Yeah, like I think it was. He brought his his brand new baby to the show so that we could beat up on it. And what's interesting, too, is when I asked, I said, wow, that GC was really high. And he said, well, that was actually the GC score because he was testing out the switches. (laughs) So so that was pretty funny. Glass off all day. Yeah. So that was that was neat, though. And uh, speaking of Godzilla, wow, what an awesome game that is. I mean, talk about how fun that was with Insider Connect and getting the first time to play it. Yeah, it was. It's just a knock out of the park. Have you, it's so good. Have you got to check out a premium or an LE yet? I have, and I'll talk about that when we talk about Expo. Um, oh, that's right. <laughs> Expo. Oh, man, it escalates the experience. 
<laughs> um, totally agree. Oh, that's right. You, you got to play the uh, LE at Henry's. That's, that's right. right. We set up Henry's LE. But uh, no, I mean, Pinagogo was was a fine show again, you know, just real good community experience. You know, a lot of friends, a lot of our local group came, uh, you know, and I think that what you end up looking at with a show like Pinagogo is do you get that community feel? Do you see the people that you know? And more than anything, do you get to play some pinball with them? And it didn't, it didn't disappoint. That's what I missed going to the Denver show, the mile high show. It's only because it was my first time there and I didn't, we didn't know anybody, you know, but that's what was missing for me. It's a, it was a great show and I can't wait to go next year. Um, and, and finally I did meet a couple of people, which is so funny because they live like literally five blocks from me. Um, but that was that was the the part that I missed the most. It was the community, the family, the camaraderie. Because there, I'm just you know some of the schmo that paid money and walked in. But you know what? That's the whole idea, right? It's all about the people. Um, and uh, Pinagogo, it was great to see everybody from Sacramento and recognize a lot of faces that we haven't seen for almost two years. So it was a really nice experience to see everybody hang out, play pinball and uh, play the newest games, which is always a plus about California shows. You always get to play those rare games. You don't see anywhere else. Like you mentioned, Dan Kingpin, what a great game that is too. Right. Well, we're Um, just lucky to have TJ, you know, because that guy owns everything. Uh, Speaking of TJ, we also went to his and Mark's show, which was California extreme, which was back in San Jose this year. And it was so where Pinagogo was kind of what you expect Pinagogo to be, you know, a lot of pinballs, a lot of friends, a lot of random hugs. Uh, California Extreme was much smaller, still super fun, still a great selection of games, not quite as much of the crazy stuff as you're used to seeing. Uh, But yeah, it was it was maybe a half to a third the size of what you're used to California Extreme being. It's just really, really good that you know things are better enough that we were able to even have these shows and i mean as such it was just a busy busy october in uh the world of pinball shows in northern california actually all over october was just a dominating month for shows like every week there was a show yeah and with the exception of gogo all those shows are normally spring and summer shows but because when they came around again for the second year in a row, it's like, can't do it guys. Can't, can't risk it. And then, so I think everybody's just like, we're doing a fall show kids. We're cleaning out the barn, get the games out. Let's rock and roll. And hats off to all the organizers, man. um, And volunteers who put all these great shows on in spite of, you know, COVID in spite of less people coming in spite of less people bringing games in spite of all of it. They made these shows happen. They made them work. And uh, man, if, if you're out there listening, you go to a show, find the volunteers to bring a game, shake their hand, pat them on the back, say, thank you. Find the, uh, find the, uh, the organizers, man, ask how you can help. You know, do I write a check? Do I come and help load games? Can I clean games? Can I watch the door? Whatever. If you can help, help exactly uh it does so much work into those shows and uh it's so nice of them to put all that effort and all that work into something that is 
we take for granted a lot of times and we just go, Oh, we start complaining about things. It's like, you don't, you don't realize how many, how much planning it's like a whole year of planning to have these shows happen. So to all of you who are putting on these shows, a huge thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And speaking of shows, somebody here went to the granddaddy. The mecca of all pinball shows with the industry as it is. And absolutely. It was, Chicago Pinball Expo. And oh, what, it's my first this, time okay. that I went there. That's what I was wondering. Was this your first expo? First time I went to Chicago Pinball Expo. Well, you've got to tell and, us about it. And it was a great experience. I had a wonderful time. And the best part about it was meeting everybody, meeting all the people that were in the podcasting, meeting people who did the streams. They were all there. So that was probably the best part of the show. Uh, to recap, on Wednesday, we went and unfortunately, the show didn't open until in the evening. So we wanted to do something during the day. And we found out that American Pinball was providing a factory tour, which, nice. I, was, which I was surprised because I was looking at all the other places and they did not allow any visitors, including Stern, uh, obviously a Chicago gaming company because they were about to release their game. And... The other companies, but Chicago or uh, American Pinball had it open for us. So after Jason Cummins and I, who went together to the show, we went over to American Pinball right after we pretty much arrived on our flight because we had a nice early flight and we got in about 12 o'clock. It was open until four to visit the factory. So we went over there and we were greeted um, by Michael Grant who uh, is works in the uh, sales department. And we also got to meet Josh Kugler, who gave us the tour. And it was wonderful because he showed us the whole process. And it was like the Stern factory tour, but in a smaller scale. So you got to see like the lines going um, with the process of, you know, the play field and then adding the parts to it and then the quality check and all those kinds of things. Um, But it was a really nice tour that Josh gave to us. And I was looking in our group and I I was like, that person looks familiar. And he had an American pinball shirt on. And I was like, who is that? Per- Wait a minute. That's Steve Bowden. What's he doing here? And then it just clicked that he had an American pinball polo shirt. And I was thinking maybe he's working there now. And sure enough, he introduced himself. He's like, yeah, I'm Steve. I'm like, you're Steve, right? It's good to see you. And I was thinking he was just on the tour. And then he real I realized, wait a minute, he's working for American Pinball. And then of course he he just or he verified that and and said, Yeah, I, yeah, I just got hired today. Oh, wow. <laughs> so right when we were there, that was his first day that he was working there, uh, which was really exciting because I didn't even know about it on the news that he moved to American Pinball. So I talked to him for 30 minutes, 45 minutes or so. And he even mentioned about Deep Root. And I said, you know, what happened over there? And he pretty much said, I had no clue what was going on, but I started thinking, I started thinking things were getting really fishy when we were getting no games out after this long period of time. But he didn't have a clue what was going on behind the scenes. And he was just happy to get out of there. So he is, he's made his home now in Chicago and he's working on rules. And he's also, uh, I don't know exactly which what's his official title there at American Pinball, but he is um, definitely going to bring a lot to the table as far as cleaning up rules, 
and doing other things to improve games even better. Well, Stephen Bowden is one of the good guys. I think that's fantastic. He is a great guy. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, now they have Josh Kugler, but before that, you really didn't have a face. You know what I mean? Like with Stern, you have, you know, you have numerous people that can be the face of Stern and go, oh, you know, uh, you know, um, Mike Vinicor, Tanyo, uh, you know, uh, of course, Gary, uh, uh, George Gomez, you know, uh, uh, you know, any of the other designers and programmers and go, oh, OK, hey, you're 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 a Stern. Awesome. And, you know, having having Steve Bowden over there now gives him another face where he go, oh, well, Steve's there, man. Steve's a good dude. And and I totally believe 100 percent that he didn't know what was going on. He was just happy to a, be getting a check and working in pinball and he was doing his thing. And then, of course, you know, after a while, I'm sure he started going, hey, wait a minute, this something's not right. And by that time, of course, the walls were caving in. And no, it's it's great. He got picked up. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I don't wish any of the, the employees or anything any ill will. I mean, there's obviously two people that, you know, I want to see get their come up and, and we already know who they are. Yeah. So it was wonderful to see Steve and talk to him and it seemed like he was genuinely happy and that he's in a better situation now. And that's what makes me really pleased is he's in a place where he really enjoys working there. Uh, Even in his first day, he could just feel the vibe and it was like, Oh, I really like working with these people. We're going to do some amazing things. He's going to be working on cleaning up the rules on legends of Valhalla, which I could talk about next because they did have it displayed before we went into the factory and they actually had uh, it with the glass off. So you could see it and, what a gorgeous game and what a fun one to play uh, that I played at Expo. And I'll talk about that a little later when we talk about the, the actual showroom. Um, but that was great. So Wednesday was a fun time. And then in the evening, they had like a bumper blast party where it just opened to people who bought the whole entire weekend pass or the whole show pass for the four days. And we got to play some games. Now, not everything was set up. And some were still being fixed as we were speaking, but at least we had something to do in the evening to play until like, 11 o'clock or so. Uh, and then they shut it down or maybe it was 10. I can't remember exactly. Um, but that was just like the evening for Wednesday. And then Thursday, we uh, had a chance to go to some of the different ser- seminars that were there. Um, we had uh, um, some really good one from American Pinball uh, where they had Jeff Teolis there and he was talking about doing the call outs and everything, uh, which turned out really good. And uh, they, of course, went over you know the history of the game and everything like that. So that was a nice one to go to. But uh, before that, on Thursday morning, we got to see the Stern Factory virtual tour. And when I saw that they changed it from the actual in-person tour to the virtual tour, I was thinking I was going to be disappointed. But in actuality, it was very engaging and cool because they went to different areas that you would not get to go to in person. So. They had Jack Danger on there. And at first I was thinking, oh, they're going to just have it recorded and it's not going to be as interactive. Actually, it was live. So Jack Danger was live walking through the factory and we got to go to where they were building the play fields and he had close up shots with his camera. Um, They had uh, a place where you could go and see all the offices and we actually got to go into Gary Stern's office. That was really cool uh, where he had some games set up and he had his bottle of vodka that was sitting on top of the table on his desk. That was pretty funny. Uh, we got to see uh, all the different processes or things that you wouldn't normally see. Uh, there was a really funny one 
where we were looking at part of the video and there was these bins that where they put the stickers, you know, where they have the stickers that come with the game that you can use for other things. But there was one bin that was labeled Goonies. Now, I don't know if that was a uh, secret code word for another game. I think Maybe it it's was for the code the name future. for Stranger Things. Oh, OK. Well, there you go. So Goonies was the code name for Stranger Things. There you go. So that was really funny. I was like, whoa, what is that? And I just saw it like a split second. But uh, that was a great time. It was about an hour and a half tour. Jack did a great job. And we got to go through the whole process of everything from start to finish and get to see the workers. And it was kind of neat because if you ever watched uh, those shows with uh, how it's made, it was like close up. So you didn't have to like, you know, see it from three feet away, but you can see it literally like inches away to see exactly what's going on when they're um, manufacturing the parts or assembling it and stuff like that. So that was neat. That was a really good experience. I know it feels like he's kind of segueing out of, of what he does, but man, Jack Danger is just so good at, at doing that hosting thing. I agree. He, he was very engaging. He had a great sense of humor and he, he really kept his cool. I know he was probably really nervous before it started, but he was just totally relaxed in his presentation. And what was awesome is we had George Gomez give the narration live in front of the audience. So he was showing it off on stream, but George Gomez was live on the microphone and he did an amazing job. I'll tell you something. George Gomez is a great presenter. He really has a, a good tone in his voice, very knowledgeable in his things, but speaks in simple terms. So I really enjoyed that with him uh, giving the tour. That was really awesome to have him there. And he's just a great guy. I know uh, at the end of the session, they handed out these really nice posters. Uh, I forgot who the artist was, but they were. he did a lot of the artwork for the Chicago Pinball Expo. And uh, I had uh, George Gomez and Jack Danger sign it because Jack came back to the uh, uh, to the seminar room when he was done with the tour because Stern is only like 10 minutes away. So it wasn't too far away from the show. Uh, But that was neat. That that was a really cool, cool opportunity to actually get their autographs and get to meet them in person. Gomez is clearly a man who loves what he does. And as such, he's just incredibly good at it. Like just he's great to hear talk and uh, he's always got a ton of cool stories and a great presentation. And you can you can basically set your watch by the fact that when he gives you an answer, it is probably as definitive of an answer about whatever he was talking about as you can get. And he's very personable. He's just a he's just a genuine, nice guy and very down to earth. So it was Wonderful to see that there were a whole bunch of other seminars we went to that I'm not going to go into detail, but um, they were all very educational and in, in informational to help understand the hobby better in all different topics. So that was awesome. Uh, then Jason and I went to check out the uh, vendor area. And that was really awesome because they had tons of Godzilla set up. I think they had like 20 Godzillas that were at the show. There were some pros, there were some premiums, and there was one LE that I got to play, thanks to Zach Maney. Uh, he brought one uh, that was at his booth, at the Flippin' Out booth. It was his own personal LE that he brought to the show and let everybody play. So I thought that was really cool. 
Uh, and then they had a neat setup of their streaming rig. And I was like, whoa, that is way more advanced than what we do for Reno Pinball. But he had like SLR cameras and a huge rig. And now I see why it looks so professional. <laughs> but it was great to see Zach. <laughs> it was great to see Zach and uh, Nicole and get to say hi to everybody. Uh, that was an awesome time. Um, we got to play Legends of Valhalla. Uh, they had about six or seven that were set up. And that was a really great, fun shooting game. I really like the flow of it. The rules are great. The artwork looks way better in person. And uh, the callouts were excellent. Jeff Teolis did all the callouts as Odin, and he nailed it. They really sound convincing. In fact, you don't hear any tone of Jeff's voice at all. So obviously, he has experience being a voiceover artist. Um, but it really, uh, it really showed in the game, and he did a great job. Um, the other thing I got to see, which was very exciting, was the homebrew section. And that's the one thing that is very unique with Chicago Expo is you always have this area that is the homebrew section. And the game that I kept coming back to over and over again was Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball. Awesome game. I wish I could buy it right now. And it was in production because it was so much fun to play. The way that he used the assets... Uh, I believe the uh, the person you might know better than I do, Dan, is it Ryan? I think is his first name. I don't know. You you started talking to me about it, and I did go online and take a look, and I guess that like there's a whole he has a whole series on YouTube that kind of go does. over the development and you know from the game being basically built you know on a desktop and cardboard boxes to being essentially a finished pinball machine it's a super fascinating journey and it looks like just a really really excellent game and just what a natural theme it just blows me away that we don't see more video game themes and of course you know sonic the hedgehog especially to, to kids these days and, and kids, you know, from our day, that's, you know, he's iconic. Like that's just such a genius idea. Exactly. And the, the name of the person is Ryan McQuaid. My, my Ryan McQuaid is the uh, designer of that. And that was the one that I got to play and he was there. I got to talk to him. The rule sets were solid fun you had stage one you sta had stage two just like the video game he had all the assets that he could use because sega's okay using the assets as long as it's for a passion project and it, of course it's not being resold and he had all of the he what he was doing is he captured all the things from genesis and then he made them into animated gifts that played over and over again uh that basically looked like it was live video that was matching with what you were doing in the game. It was pretty amazing and all the work that was put into it. The best part of that was when the kicker shot the ball and it went around in a loop, just like what spin, you know, Sonic does. So it even goes and it makes that sound and it went and it flew right around the loop. That was just awesome. And it goes so fast. You can't even see it going around the loop. It just fires out. And, uh, that was really fun. Um, you know, yeah, Sega, great game. they're willing to work with fans on their projects as well. So it would be pretty amazing if like a company got interested in this and went to Sega and went to get rights. And this guy actually got to produce this game, almost like what happened with Total Nuclear Annihilation. 
Like that was a game that started off in the homebrew section at shows and turned into a production game, a limited production game with Spooky. So, you know, hey, if the Spooky pinballs of the world are listening, you know, go get Sonic before Stern screws you out of it. I know. And the other thing, too, is there was uh, Metroid. There was a that was not easy to play, but it was fun. There was a Castlevania. Uh, There was another one called Greek Gods. That was really fun to play and it had a unique layout to it. Uh, and if you want to check that out, you can just go and I'm sure there's a YouTube video on it or something. Um, but that was really fun to play. Uh, and you mentioned TNA. There was a TNA that was in a part of that homebrew to kind of celebrate all the homebrew machines that have been made that kind of kicked it off with TNA that there is a possibility that a homebrew machine can be produced. And here's what's cool. In the American Pinball Seminar, they have a contest of all the home brewers that if they can produce a game that's never been seen before within a year, they will choose which one won and produce it. Wow. So so that's cool. pretty cool. That was the highlight of that seminar. Um, so it just goes to show you, American Pinball wants to support people. And uh, it, it was great to to uh to witness that all right so that was thursday um pretty much playing pinball all day the free play area i gotta give props to rob burke he brought all his games a lot of the people that volunteered to bring their games did not show up two reasons number one the weather was not really feasible for loading and unloading games because it was raining for two days straight. Oh my God. Remember the rain we had here in Sacramento Reno area just a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Well, that's what moved into Chicago area. And that's so yeah, Chicago rain. They get real yep. weather there. And it was cold and it was rainy. It wasn't too miserable because it wasn't like frigid cold, but it was definitely uh, put a a damper on people bringing their games. So all the games that were there, I'd say 75% were Rob Burks. Now, some were working great. Some were not. That's understandable. If you got a private collection and you're kind of making up for the things that were missing at the show, but I give props to him. And instead of complaining about it, I just want to congratulate him for, for putting on a show that was at a new location, which was over at the Renaissance hotel much closer to the airport, much bigger venue. And uh, it, it worked out really well. There was a lot of vendors there. Um, Stern, like I said, had so many different games to play. They had the Elvira 25th anniversary edition. That was, is it, or is it 30th? Sorry, I might've got 40. that wrong. 40th? Okay, see, yeah. time goes so fast. But it was there, got to see that. Um, they had, of course, some Zeppelins there to play. And uh, of course, they had Jack Dangers, his prototype. Jurassic Park, the pin was fun to play. I mean, he did a great job on the design and I wish I could play more on it, but it was a little, uh, a little too big of a line, believe it or not. People were, there were a lot of lines. There was a lot of people. Yes. Everybody was wearing masks. Everybody followed the rules, uh, but it was great to, to see everybody. Is it just Friday? Me? Yeah. Or yeah, did Jurassic Park, the pin come out of the clear blue sky? Nobody saw that coming. Nobody, nobody knew it. And and I was blown away when it turned out that that was Jack Danger's game. Like that's absolutely incredible. 
And he has one that he created as a homebrew, which I want to play so bad. That one that had the weird configurations of shooting the shots all over the place. Yeah. Um, but the Jurassic Park one, he did an amazing job. So, Jack, if you're listening, awesome job on your design of Jurassic Park. It has the feel of Jurassic Park Pro, but in a, in a whole different shot layout, but still staying true to the original game. I'm I'm dying to play it. And again, the excitement. I played the other uh, home editions, at least some of them. I haven't played every single one. But yeah, I was really, really stoked to see that this one was Jack Danger's game. I know he's been trying to get into that world for a while. And if uh, if anyone deserves success and more than just being, you know, the world's best pinball streamer, which he clearly is, it's it's Jack. Yep, that's right. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. So let's see. I'm trying to think what day was Cactus Canyon released because that was something that was awesome to see and actually see it revealed. And it was the only game that was revealed at the show uh, because everybody else already revealed their games before Expo even happened. Uh, Was it Friday night? I can't remember. I'm not 100% sure. I think that that would be right. I, I, I just figured we would talk about it. I, I knew you were going, so I didn't really even keep All right, up. Well, on so it. I don't remember the day exactly, but I do remember I attended the seminar. It was pretty funny because uh, <laughs> Ryan was late, <laughs> which was hilarious because we were all waiting in, in anticipation to see the game. And when they rolled it in, they didn't even have it covered because they were already starting to put them together in the showroom floor that everybody saw. <laughs> so they already were taking pictures. So there was really no surprise there. Um, but there was a lot of buzz that there was a possibility that Cactus Canyon would be revealed and it came to fruition and people were very impressed when they started talking about it and actually had it in view. There was a lot of people coming up to the front and taking pictures. And uh, there was Carrie Hardy that was there who was taking video the whole time. And you can see it on his YouTube video. Um, I did get to play it. Uh, There was a long line before they got kicked us out of the seminar room for the next session. So we only we agreed that we'll just play one ball. So everybody one the first couple of people played the three balls and they were like, oh, let's just go one ball. And that way everybody gets to play it. So I knew that they're they're mentioning that they were going to be closing up. It's like, all right, got five minutes left. And it's like, oh, no, there was like two people behind me. So I just kind of just held it on the flipper and said, here you go. And I walked off because I knew we could go play it in Reno uh, because we will have it. But uh, it was really nice to get to play it firsthand. And then on the show floor, that place was packed. I mean, there was a line for every single Cactus Canyon. So it was the hit of the show. And uh, it was wonderful uh, to see people excited about a non-licensed game that we all know is pretty rare well, from the it's, original. It's non-licensed, but in the pinball community, Cactus Canyon is its own property. Because Cactus Canyon is notorious because, like you were just saying, it's rare. You know, it was it was a game that never really got off the ground. Uh, it was the last of its kind. And, you know, we're here in Northern California. We've been a little bit blessed for years because we have a local guy who's been extremely generous with his. It makes it to Pinagogo every year, at least it used to. And uh, I think we had it at Golden State the first couple of years. So we've we've all gotten to, to play and touch uh, an original 
And it's it's pretty exciting, I think, for the world that uh, Chicago Gaming Company and our friends at PP uh, Planetary Pinball are going to be bringing this game out because I think that a lot of people now will get to experience, you know, uh, kind of a lost treasure. Yeah, exactly. And the game is gorgeous. The topper is very interactive. And uh, we could talk about that when we focus on Cactus Canning, because I know that will be part of our talk. Um, But it was great to see it revealed at the show and be there uh, for something that I had nothing. I I knew what to expect as far as the game itself. But the way that they remade it uh, is pretty impressive, uh, especially with. Uh, the artwork that they did, the the just the quality of of Chicago gaming, they they just know how to do it. And even though we waited for a long time for it to come out, the reality is it was good that we waited. It was worth the wait, and it is a phenomenal game. It's super fun to play, and people were real jazzed about playing it. And you could feel that vibe during the whole show, based on the number of people that were waiting in line. I, I swear there was like ten or twelve people waiting for each machine and there were like four or five to play on the, on the show floor. So there you go. Uh, uh, Friday night. Uh, after that, we got a chance to go and uh, actually maybe now that I think of it, maybe it was Saturday that they revealed it. I can't remember, but anyway, uh, we got had a chance. To, <laughs> it, had a chance to to, it was just too much. Yeah. That everything's all put together. Uh, everything is hard to get each day. Uh, different. But anyway, Friday night, we had a chance to go to JJ's suite. He had the pin side greet and meet. And that was a, a our meet and greet. <laughs> it was a nice way to see everybody. Uh, some people I go, oh, that's who you are, you know, from the uh, pin side handles. You know, you, you don't usually associate a face with the, the nickname on pin side and then get to see him in person, even though some of them we could refer to as the uh, armchair uh quarterback what do you call those people but anyway they're the the ones that are just you know sitting at their keyboard Keyboard and and uh (laughs) basically trying to be a troll or trying to upset people and they're actually really nice people i think they just do it just to entertain themselves um but anyway it was great jj had some chick-fil-a and he had two games he had a halloween and he had a godzilla and then the following night he had a uh medieval madness so he had three games in his suite. And of course, Godzilla, we played over and over again. Halloween code needs to get better, but looks beautiful in person. And the shots are fun. And uh, it was great to uh, hang out. And it was quite a party. Uh, even Gary Stern came up there and hung out with us, which was nice. pretty awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fun. It was like a private party felt like a VIP. JJ, thanks for always letting us come up to your suite and have fun and uh, party away at Expo. That was awesome. Saturday, we went to one of the best highlights of the trip, and that was Pinball Olympics. So Banger J, who's on Pinside, has uh, hosted this event. And usually it's over like in a garage or at the Pinball Life warehouse. But he decided to host it at his home which was about 45 minutes away from uh, from the uh, show. So, of course, we had a rental car, thanks to Jason, who got it for us. And we drove all the way out there. And wow, what a party that was. It was like spring break for pinheads. There was beer and there was open bar. There was 
food with uh, homemade tacos that were probably the best tacos I ever had. And I know people talk about it, but I'm a witness. They were amazing. And then we also had the opportunity to play pinball in the most wackiest way you could imagine. So think of taking a normal game and totally modifying it into something that is just crazy. Well, that's what Banger J or J did with the games. So take, for example, a Bronco, you know, the EM, right? But instead of having Bronco just sitting on four legs, have it connected to an actual riding bull mechanism. (laughs) So here's you are playing Bronco with somebody who's on there, making it harder, tilting the machine and making it go around while you're trying to play an EM. It was awesome. So you're topping around on the, uh, you know, on the mat as you're hopping around trying to keep the ball in control while the machine is jolting back and forth, bucking at you while you're playing it. <laughs> that was cool. Um, there's another one that I didn't get to try and I, I regret it, but it, there was just too long of a line. It was where you're sitting, you're laying in a hammock, like almost like a, like a tarp, but you were, I guess what would be like, you're, you're like suspended in the air with the game and it was Avengers and you're actually flying through the air as you're playing the game. So you're, it's hard to describe, but basically you're, you're up in the air, hoisted up with the machine and playing it while you're laying down on your stomach (laughs) while you're in the air. There was another one, which was uh, a classic one that we all know from Gottlieb uh, black hole, but to make it really freaky, he had a spinning barrel like you see at fun houses. And it was all these different colors that kind of match with the game. As it was spinning, you got disorientated. Like it was spinning. Like when you go through the tunnel at universal studios and it looks like your whole entire tram is spinning and going upside down. That's what it would felt like when you're playing black hole and good news I took Dramamine. If I would have done that, I probably would have been done for the day. So that oh, was a, you took it for your flight, thing. right? Say it again. You had to take. You took it for your flight, right? Uh, no, I did not take it for my flight, but I did take it for that event because I knew there was one event that had the oh, TNA that okay. was on a spinning car- uh, It was on a spinning uh, platform, so you're playing TNA while it's spinning around as you're playing the game. Oh, and then no. there was there was a. Uh, 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 the what is that song uh round and round by rat was playing and then the other one by dead and alive <laughs> spin me around so you hear this you know spin me round round baby right while you're spinning right. around um, in this tna while it's going it was it was yeah, awesome yeah dead or alive right yeah i think that yeah, was dead or alive yeah exactly yeah. yep wow. so th- that was going music blasting just like a total party atmosphere. Uh, they had a whole bunch of other things. You'll have to check it on YouTube. I'm sure people are posting videos now, but every single game was made it impossible to play. Basically my favorite one was Metallica where you had two Metallicas that were wired together. And when you hit the fuel target behind the, the standup targets, it tilts the other person's game. Yes. Shannon was telling me about this and he was asking me if I knew anybody else who has a Metallica because I have one. And he told me, you know, what he did, what they did. And I was like, oh, that's genius. 
it was so much fun. And it was great because it got people pissed off, but then it was like, everybody was like, oh man, I'm going to get you. I'm going to tilt you now. And it was great because by the end you had to keep track of your score. And if you tilted the person out, that team wouldn't get as, as high of a score. Cause obviously um, the next player has to play. And it was funny cause I tilted out like three people in a row when out, when it was my turn and I was nailing that shot and it was, it was super fun. I will have to do that if we get two Metallica's and, and try that out. Maybe well, at uh, GSPF. Because if you think about it, it's easy. Like you don't have to do anything drastic to these games, just some wires and, and some clips and, and you can wire this up and yeah, no special programming, no special boards and, and what a great head to head experience. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, have you ever played, uh, the NBA fast breaks when they're linked up? Yes. It's the most fun you can have in pinball. Agree. Like it's so cool. And I've always wondered why manufacturers, you know, can't figure out a way to make that happen again. And I know cost of entry and two pinball machines is a lot of space and the whole works, but yes, this Metallica idea is absolute genius and I'm dying dying to try it or to find like another game where it's like, you know, maybe you do Jurassic parks and, you know, you make the Raptor, uh, target be the, be the, the, the tilt button. But yeah, just, you got to find a couple light games with a, a difficult to hit shot where, yeah, you can, you can punk each other out because I think that sounds great. That was my favorite event for sure. You know, you guys bring up a good thing that I just thought of, uh, with doing this with, the interconnectivity now, this might be something that they can put into that. It's true. They could. If right. you had a somehow of a way to have the software uh, get sent wirelessly to the machine and then right. have it function that certain way, right. you could. Like, like a, it's like a, an option, like an on-screen option. Do you want to play the head-to-head minigame? You know, just like the minigame. Well, P3 around. already does that. Yep, P3 does. Yeah. Like you can do that on cosmic kart racing. You could race head to head and maybe that's the future now that we're getting these interconnected machines. But I think that on a technical standpoint that like head to head gameplay, the latency and like, you know, the machine setup and everything, there's a lot of variables there. I would just, you know, having it in one room, you know, standing back to back or, or side to side with somebody and tilting them out without reaching over and kicking the machine, which is not considered cool. Uh, <laughs> seems like it would be a lot of fun. I think we need to set that up for GSPF. I oh, think yeah. that would be so awesome. Yeah. So anyway, uh, pinball Olympics was the highlight for sure. Uh, shout out to Jim Shelby, who was there. Shannon miles was there. Uh, so we had a couple of people from Sacramento that even came out and uh, we just had a blast. And I, Probably if I go to Expo again, I I probably go to that again. It was just so worth it. I totally skipped out of the regular tournament. I didn't even want to deal with it. I'm glad I didn't because when I talked to people who stayed in the tournament, they missed out on all the fun of Expo. So I, <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't do the tournament this time. Uh, actually, well, I yeah, I'm. It was the right decision. We had a local guy who did play other than Dan Costa played. Yes. And he told me that the games were set 
killer hard. Killer hard. And yeah, of course, you know, all the best players are there, you know, competing because I think the prize is a stern. So all the games are, are newer sterns and yeah, no, no out lane. There are no out lane posts, no rubbers, you know, just, you know, just basically set to kill. And he was like, wow, I need to make my games at home a lot harder to get ready for this. They were set brutal and I didn't get to play them, but I, I talked to Dan for a long time and he was telling me, yeah, it was, it was very tough, tough tournament. Um, but he still had fun and he did pretty well. He got like halfway through, uh, in the B division. So must be yeah, I don't say that to his face though. He gets a big head. Uh, yeah. If you're listening other Dan, you suck at pinball. <laughs> quit trying. That's right. Just sell your games to us cheap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll take that, that sweet shadow that he's having restored. It's uh it's real pretty. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll mention, and then I'm done with expo. Cause I know I spoke way longer than I was supposed to. So I apologize. No, it's the big event. I think that we kind of anticipated this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, Mark, you touched great areas that the other podcasters I really didn't hear talk about as much. Okay, well, that's good. Um, I got to play the game that sold, not the actual game, but it was the same title of game that sold for $40,500 at Museum of Pinball auction. And it was Rat Race. Remember oh, rat- you got to play one. I got to play a Rat Race. And Ooh. it was a maze with a pinball. That's the only way I could describe it. There was this, like a spiral where you had to go and it, it had all opto switches that recognized when the ball went over the different numbers to let you know that you went through the different sequence. So there was like a spiral, there was a, a set of columns that looked like a football field and you had to move the ball. And it was like a Brio. Remember the, the Brio labyrinth games? That's yeah. exactly what it was like. It was like a giant labyrinth with a pinball where you had to navigate the ball through the different obstacle course. It was, it was really fun. And I was addicted to it because I wanted to try to get through the whole game. And it was not easy because you had a time limit. And of course, if you missed your shots, then your time went down and you couldn't uh, finish the game, but it was really fun. And it was very exciting to get to play it. Uh, And I could see why, I mean, that's a lot of money for a game, but uh, it was fun and it was definitely unique. There's what a handful, seven, eight, ten prototypes, if that. I don't. I don't know enough about it. I've heard about it. I've seen pictures. Yeah. So. Well, when I talked to them, they were telling me that I was like, "Is this the one you got in banning?" Like, no, no, this is not the one we got in banning. I'm like, well, this is cool though that you brought it and they letting everybody play it because it's a very rare game, um, right. but a neat concept and it had a little joystick and you basically just move the the table to have it tilt forward and backwards and left and right. And, uh, it was very addictive. I kept playing it over and over again. And, uh, they also had a joust right next to it. So they had two rare games that you got to play on the show floor. And that was really fun. Um, the other game I got to play that was rare was Iron Maiden, the Stern version. Oh, Stern Iron Maiden. Okay. The old one, the old classic the old Stern. Stern Iron Maiden. Yeah. I got to play that mm-hmm. too. And that was playing really well. And Jason, and I put up a couple of games on that too. Um, but it, Overall, great show. Got to meet a, a lot of people. Got to people uh, meet people from Loser Kids podcast. Nice. Got to meet people from um, Flipping Out, of course. Um, got to see Carrie Hardy. Uh, all the people that I listen to, and of course, we all get inspired by their shows and and everything that they do in the pinball community. 
uh, got to meet them all in person. And it was really nice to associate a name with a face where you, you usually don't see the pictures. You just hear their audio and their podcast. So, uh, it's great to see everybody. And, uh, 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 Joel was another person we saw who just started a pinball podcast and he's getting to be pretty popular now. Uh, so it was great to hang out with everybody, play a couple of games and, uh, really enjoy ourselves. So yeah, pinball expo was really fun and I enjoyed it. And, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a yearly thing or not, because I'd like to try out MGC and see what that's like and try to, you know, maybe go to the Rocky Mountain. Um, but Pinball Olympics, that's something you can't do anywhere else in the world. And that, I tell you, is worth it. Totally worth it. So that's my um, report on Chicago Pinball Expo. I'm sure I missed some stuff, but uh, there's just too much to talk about. And we have so many topics. So. There you yeah, go. No, man, nice. No, no, it was a nice overview. I want to add a couple of things real quick. That I kind of forgot about because you're talking about rare games. Um, I play a speakeasy at uh, the Rocky Mountain Show. I don't know if you guys know this game. Early 80s Valley. Uh, it's an Attaball game. With, yes. Yeah. You know what? It, it, this one was in very nice shape. Everything seemed to work correctly. Um, it played. It was fun. It was different. It was unique. Um, I played that and then, um, um, what I just wrote, I wrote one more down. Oh, and you were talking about the home pins. Um, they had two of the star Wars home pin wedged in between JJ did from game exchange wedged in between, um, a regular star Wars and then a comic edition. And I also did get to play finally, uh, a premium, um, Mandalorian. I did not get to play a premium. Uh, Stranger Things, there was one there. Dude, that line was huge. You could not get near that thing. And I just didn't want, because I was only there the one day. I had a minimum amount of time. I figured, you know what? I'll get out to Reno and play the one where you are, Mark. So Yeah, and uh, that will be very soon. Getting close. Nice, <laughs> nice. Getting close. Good. No, but, but that. thank you. for uh, And that, you know, with, with all the shows and the cool rare games that people bring and all the good stuff, man, just all the goodwill and the good good times and getting back to pinball, man, you know, it just, Oh God, it feels good. You know? Um, I feel like your report wasn't complete enough, Mark. Uh, I'm going to give you a C minus. No, great, great notes. Actually, you know, hearing you guys, uh, you and, and, and other Dan and everyone who's talked to me about Chicago, you know, I've never really felt the need to get on an airplane and fly across the country to go to a pinball show. And now I'm sort of like, yeah, I don't know, man, that does sound pretty cool. It was fun. Now I love golden state though. I'm going to, I'm going to plug that because golden state has the best variety of games anywhere. I'm, and I've been to a lot of shows, been to Texas pinball festival, Chicago Expo, of course, Pinagogo. But I'm telling you, GSPF really has good games, good variety of games. We bring out the freaky stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was no Viking. There was no, you know, things that you see at GSPF. You did. I did not see at Chicago Pinball Expo. Uh, of course, we saw Jersey Jack. They had their own uh, area, too. And that was great to play all the games. But um, yeah, I love GSPF. I'm telling you, I, I'm surprised not more people go to it, but maybe that's a good thing because, you know, then the crowds are not as big. But man, right. I'll tell you. Well, I would say my biggest shock this year coming out of Expo was, I mean, 
we all knew Cactus was coming. Like I said, I, I did get kind of blindsided by Jurassic Park Home Edition. I don't remember if that was announced before the show or not, but there really wasn't any big news coming out of it. Jersey Jack didn't announce Nothing. their next title. Yeah. Uh, Spooky obviously doesn't have anything to say. They're, they're deep on uh, Halloween and Ultraman. American didn't announce a new title. It's just sort of, you know, showing showing what we've got, I guess. And if I went all the way there, I would be a little disappointed, especially being that it's, you know, the other shows that we talk about, those are enthusiast shows. And it seems like Texas, Texas gets announcements. You know, I think Texas might have a have a a claim to being almost an industry show. But Pinball Expo is the show of the industry. And you do really hope for some news coming out of it. Yeah, I agree that there was nothing from Jersey Jack about any any at all, you know, any rumor or anything that I could detect for, uh, for toy story or whatever we're talking, you know, whatever is supposedly coming down the line from Jersey Jack. Uh, I would have been happy with just pirates code. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Any day now. Yeah. Fingers crossed. You know, too, it's, it's, I mean, they're, they're full steam ahead just trying to meet, Right now, I, I I would assume that JJP is just full steam ahead, you know, buttholes and elbows, just trying to get Guns N' Roses, you know, games completed and out the door. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because JJP is literally right across the street. Like, they're one block away from each other from Stern. And on Wednesday, we actually crashed both of those places. And uh, they obviously did not let us in because they were like, well, we can't let you in because of COVID. <laughs> but we did crash Jersey Jack and Stern to see if we could, you know, we were just joking and said, hey, we're here for the tour. Like, um, sorry, but there's no tour. <laughs> you should have been yeah, like, look, we're, we're close personal friends of Steve Ritchie and we're just here for lunch. Yeah, we were working on that. But uh, no, we couldn't get past the entrance. But the lady was really nice. Uh, that was that was cool. it was funny because when we went there, the employees were leaving at the same time we got there. And uh, she was really nice to talk to us for like for a half hour. And it's like, oh, we promise we're going to have, you know, in-person tours once this COVID thing is gone and blah, blah, blah. And uh, she no. was really nice. I thought she was going to be like, uh, sorry, you need to leave right now. And it wasn't like that at all. It was like, wow, she's pretty nice for us. Just, you know, basically trespassing. Like, hey, we're here because we want Jack to autograph something. <laughs> yeah. And he wouldn't let you into his office immediately. That dude loves to sign things. <laughs> they did let us play the games, though, in the foyer. Really? At, at JJP. Nice. They did. Cool. That was did cool. Did you quarters in them or were they on free play? They were on free play. See, there you go, man. Worth the trip. It was worth it. I forgot get, to say get, that. Get to play some of that Wonka, man. Oh, I love that game. Yeah, Wonka's good. Some free pinball, man, and a bucket game. Why not? You know. Yeah, that was fun though. That was the other thing we did on Wednesday uh, after we went to Merrick Pillar. We're like, well, let's just go and check out the other places before they close, and uh, that's what we did. So it was that's, fun. That's awesome. So we were talking about Cactus Canyon earlier, and because uh, you know, like Dan said, you know, when I was still living, you know, near Dan, I had the affordability to have a couple of collectors with Cactus Canyons nearby. So I had a lot of availability to play the game. I really enjoy the game, both just the original Cactus Canyon and then the continued uh, program. I played played both quite a bit. Um, what took me what little I did see of the new game. Well, the topper, holy moly, that topper is <laughs> awesome. 
You know, that that's a top where I'm going, just like with the Black Knight, like, oh, if I get that game, I want one. Well, and, you know, the cool thing is that the topper is going to be made available to people who are buying the uh, the special edition. That's right. Yes. Which is which is pretty rad. I was I was kind of hoping that they would do that. I mean, I do think that it's I do kind of think that the limited edition thing has run its course. Like if so many people want the limited edition that you can't get it, it's like make more guys take the money, you know. I don't care if I'm number a thousand and two or a thousand and three or two thousand four hundred and sixty. Like if if somebody wants it bad enough, you know, make them one. Uh, you know, and I understand that you know there's there's a whole thing where the speculators and and the collectors are just like, oh, but then it's not special. But it's just like, you know, who cares? You're not beholden to them. You know, you didn't, you don't, you know, if they're not sacred cows. You know, just make make more if people want to spend their money. But I'm glad that they did that. I'm glad they did what they did uh, with Medieval Madness, where they made those parts available to people who had bought those games earlier as well, even though they did step on us limited edition people. But that's just me being bitter. But but Dan, <laughs> to go to go along with what you're saying, Cactus Canyon limited edition does have some special things that people don't emphasize enough. And that is a wooden apron. You don't have that on any pinball machine with a wooden apron. That's uh, pretty cool. Didn't Wizard of Oz do like a wood a wooden apron? They did. Uh, yeah, you are right about that. Yeah, I, okay, okay. And it's so I'm and I'm not saying that the limited edition isn't cooler than than the special edition. And I'm a little disappointed that they went away from the standard edition because I do think that there was that piece of the market where it's like somebody wants to pay their six thousand or sixty five hundred and get something that's a reasonable facsimile of the original. The original size display, none of the extra artistic flourishes, you know, no color display, stuff like that. But I mean, I understand, you know, from a production standpoint, why it's like, why make the cheap one when we can make the more expensive ones? At the same time, I just don't think that features should be locked behind a paywall and kept away from people who are willing to pay for them. Yeah. And I think that's Uh, what cactus or i mean that's what uh chicago gaming company did is they i think that's what cgc decided was it it was just like yeah the interest is there people are willing to pay you know an extra i mean you know it's 1250 dollars but they're willing to pay for that topper it actually makes me feel pretty good about spending 650 dollars on the medieval madness one which i was just like kicking myself in the butt for at the time i was like i'm crazy uh but yeah, I think that it's I think it's cool that they're doing it. And again, I think that it's I think that it's a beautiful piece of equipment. The pictures look great. Cactus Canyon itself is is a neat game with a neat style that's different than almost anything else out there. And I think that the stuff that they're doing to make it even better is uh is super super cool and it's it's campy and it's fun and it has that same feeling like it has with Monster Bash and attack from Mars and it's got the humor. And I think sometimes when you have really serious games, it takes the fun out of playing it. Halloween is a perfect example. I just don't have fun playing it because I don't feel motivated with it because it's just, there's just no character to it. And cactus Canyon has character and uh, it's funny and, and the call outs are great. The theme is wonderful. And what better machine to have in Reno, Nevada, than a Western theme? Uh, or yeah, in there California. aren't very many. 
there aren't very many Western games. Right. I mean, at least not modern Western games. I know that if you go back into the the EM and maybe even the early solid state days, you had a, a fair amount of you know, Cowboys and Indians games and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and then there were certainly a couple in the eighties, you know, sharpshooter. Uh, but yeah, besides Maverick, which is really kind of almost more gambling. I, you know, I can't think of a lot of games that had a Western theme and that's what was really cool about cactus was it went really well. It was kind of part of a trilogy at Valley Williams, right? You had your sci-fi game or maybe even a quadrilogy. You had your sci-fi game in your attack from Mars. You had your, uh, you know, you had your Medieval Times game and your Medieval Madness. You had a uh, a safe horror in Monster Bash and also kind of music. And you had your Western game there. And uh, unfortunately, the Western game never really got off the ground, but now it's going to get its chance. It's really getting its chance. And obviously it says it right there. I mean, I wonder how many SE pluses they sold. But uh, with the LEs, they were all sold through or sold out or whatever you want to call it. Uh, they're, I'm sure you can get some at distributors. Um, but anyway, it was, it's, it was a huge hit and uh, it, it shows. We have a Cactus Canyon at Playfield 76 as I'm speaking right now. Cactus and Canyon number one, right? Cactus Canyon, I believe, was the number one prototype. Yes, I believe it was. And uh, it has the topper on it. And I know that Rick is getting the new parts. I think those were the uh, prototype parts for the uh, the gunslinger or for uh, Bad Bart. Is it? Is it Big? I forgot what his character's name is. But anyway, I think it was like I think it's like Bad Bart. Bad Bart. Yeah. And uh, wow, like you said, Spencer, the topper is so cool because when you're in a shootout. It not only just fires the gun at you, but it hesitates as it's ready to draw the gun. And then it points at you. The topper itself with the different windows is fun where you move your left or your right uh, buttons to move a little LED that's a star. And when it's lined up with the window and you hit both buttons at the same time, it fires and it puts like a cross skull and crossbones to show that you killed the enemy or uh you accidentally killed an innocent victim <laughs> oh that sounds cool yeah so cool. so yeah so you literally are interacting with the game and what's nice is it takes a while to get to the shootout mode where it's not the same repetitious thing over and over that it slows down the play of the game it it's activated by hitting the uh the beer mug so when you hit the beer mug and you hit it five times then it will activate the shootout and then you can do the uh the the topper shootout with the uh interaction with the actual windows in the display of the uh, so buildings let me, let me ask you something mark uh and and i know you're excited and i'm not trying to be a jerk i'm just going to play devil's advocate sure. here had had you played medieval or not medieval have had you played cactus canyon before i have i've had a okay. chance to play it at uh, I played the Cactus Canyon Continued, which was, I believe it was at Pinagogo a while back. And it was yeah, also at California Extreme. And it was yeah, probably the same one that most of us had played because I think the same guy always brought it around. Mm -hmm. That's the um, one I played in person. And then the one I played for the regular code was just on Pinball Arcade on okay. the iPad. Mm -hmm. And yes, I mean, it was shallow. The code was shallow and it was like, oh my gosh, I got to the end before I know it. Not even, not even getting into the code because the code obviously was unfinished. Um, and I was just going to ask, you know, what, what you thought of it, uh, 
compare to to the remake because here's the thing with the remake and and i mean i know this might be kind of going off of off of the beaten path but like you know like you said the original code is shallow the original or the remake even before any potential future uh new code revisions is supposed to have enhanced and and quote unquote finished code and that to me is the most interesting things because i've had ample time with cactus canyon uh and i've i've played quite a bit of cactus canyon continued which i think for a a guide who just did that is an amazing amazing accomplishment uh i i'm really like hey man do i think this game is worth eight thousand dollars and i'm just like man if if the code's in line I have a really hard time thinking that I wouldn't want to to order uh, a special edition of this um, because I think that the playfield itself is is quality. The art and the sound and the music were always really good. It's got great toys. It just never backed it up by having, you know, really great rules. Mm-hmm. Well, at least not really. Uh, yeah. The rules are fine, but it just it didn't have the it didn't have the polish, right? It just it was it didn't feel finished, or it was it too easy. Like a game and it was too like easy a to game play. in search of completion. Well, and there's a market for easy games. Monster Bash is an easy game, and everybody loves it. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I think Godzilla is on the easy side, although you wouldn't have known that watching me play it today. Uh, and it seems like people love it. I think hard games are almost a turnoff. And, you know, Monster Bash, I think, no, I'm doing it again. Uh, uh, Cactus, I think, was always a game that if people had gotten their hands on it, I wonder if that would be a medieval madness and an attack from Mars and a Monster Bash, or if that would be a junkyard. Or a champion pub, you know, a, a neat oddity that I don't know if people would have necessarily loved, because again, it is a little on the the basic side, software wise. I agree. And the other thing too is, has this game sold out so fast because they know that Lyman is is going to be at the forefront of developing the code that hopefully will be coming out in the next year or so, maybe less than that, uh, that is motivating people to buy it? Or is it the theme? It's I'm curious, and I know they're probably going to charge extra for it, but if it's a totally different game, it's almost like you know a P3 where you're getting a different game. Maybe you're having the same play field, but it totally changes it up if Lyman does it. And we all know I have not been disappointed in his code yet. I don't know if you have, but I have not. I think every he's done time a lot of games, he's done a lot um, of games. Le wise, it sold out for two reasons. Number one, it's a thousand dollars cheaper than any other Le on the market, more like fifteen hundred dollars cheaper. And I think that the speculators got into that thing in full force, knowing that it's probably going to be an easy resell. Um, you know, luckily, you know, you are going to be able to get the same experience in the the special edition, which as far as I know is unlimited. They'll make as many as they can sell. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the Lyman code is really the great unknown there, right? You know, what's it going to be and what's it going to cost? And is it going to cost anything? Which apparently the answer is almost certainly yes. And, you know, my hope when I heard of the Lyman code contingency thing, and I think you and I actually spoke about this a little bit the other day, was if he does new code for Cactus, which isn't even his game, is there any chance that he might, you know, revisit Monster Bash, which is his game, 
attack, which is his game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And of course, for me, Medieval Madness, uh, which I would love to have more code on Medieval Madness, although what's there is great. Um, and if he does do new code, you know, are we going to get new assets? Are we going to get new video and sound assets? And, and what's it going to look like? So, I mean, I would hope that people didn't spend $9,000 hoping for Lyman code, because I think that that's setting the entire project up for disappointment. Uh, but this is pinball and (laughs) we do a lot of silly things. So it's entirely possible that, you know, a good amount of people who jumped on these LEs jumped on because, uh, you know, they feel like, you know, in, in Lyman, we trust. And the other thing too, is what's great is I can confirm this, that Lyman has permission to re- do or not redo, but create code for the remakes. So there is a possibility. Right. There is a possibility that, like you said, that he could be developing other rule sets for the previous games. But some of them are so good. I I I, I would be amazed how he can make it deeper. Um, but with Cactus Canyon, it makes the most sense to focus on that one first because it is easy to get to the wizard mode and there are a couple of things that are added to the enhanced i haven't got through the whole game i was close and i was thinking well, okay well i almost got to high noon and that was like on my second ball but uh they do have bionic bart which is a fun mode you can't go wrong with the stampede that's always fun uh and of course the shootout with the bad guys when you have the uh opportunity to add a ball every time you hit enough bad guys then it keeps going maybe in the enhanced code they might fix that where it is a time limit instead of going forever because you could keep that going as long as you want until your balls drain um but i i don't know i i think uh it would be a pleasant surprise to see what lyman comes up with and then the other thing that i want to mention is the display they just nailed it it's so good the display and the animations how they recreated it from the dmd amazing right amazing i i think that that's been their strong point so far i've heard that with this game they they did redo the operating system so that it's less of like a shell that like an emulation of the original game runs in and it's more like a new framework that the original game runs in so the menus and everything will work a little bit more naturally because right now uh if you want to change you know like coil settings and whatnot you go into a cgc menu then to change game settings you start the game and you go into the game menu and i've heard that some of that stuff is what's going to allow them to do these enhanced code sets and whatnot I'm wondering, because somebody was telling me about this the other day, and I didn't know if this was true or not, if they have gotten a hold of Ep the Geek and come to an understanding, and maybe they will get to use some of his continued style content. Because he did do some really incredible extra modes and things. And he even got original, he got the original uh, voice actors to do extra callouts and whatnot. And it would be really nice to see some of that content make the trip. Yeah. We, it we'll seems have to like see a long happens. shot, though. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens because I know the licensing issue with Cactus Canyon continued uh, is controversial with with 
even though it wasn't sold, it still was using some assets that it wasn't supposed to and everything. So that's yeah, well, it was, how they it was a project, it. right? Like it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't for sale like Sega sort of, right. You know, right. but, uh, of course, you know, maybe Valley Williams isn't quite as, uh, isn't quite as understanding. I think that, you know, what I heard he did to do it was basically he took a P rock and just basically hand recreated the original game. Like he didn't use any of their original code, but he did use the music and the call outs and the assets. And of course there's, there's licensed stuff like the Skrillex song and Cowboys and aliens and assets from other games and all sorts of silly stuff, which I mean, you wouldn't expect to see in a commercial product, but you know, stuff like, uh, he did a, a mode where like a, like a, a, I'm trying to think there's like a, an EM mode in it, which is really, really super cool. And, uh, you know, the super skill shot, the way that that works is really, really smart. And it's just, he did some gameplay stuff to that game that took, you know, the unfinished experience and finished it, you know, even if it was just what the game was. I mean, if that was all they were selling, I think that it would be amazing. Lyman obviously is, is going to do great things. The guy is, the guy's a genius. Well, you know, I wouldn't like, be there's surprised no doubt. if he takes the ideas from Cactus Canyon remake or Cactus Canyon continued and and puts those elements into his own code. That's what would be the best of both worlds. And right. that's and, what I was asking and is, you know, I heard that like there had been contact between the camps yeah, and, and F the geek had given his blessing. But, but when I'd heard that originally, I'd heard that like, Hey, I'd be, I'd love to talk, but I haven't heard from him. You know, yeah. cause I don't, I don't believe for a second that Lyman is going to take somebody else's ideas uh, you know, I think that Lyman is is way too too smart and proud to do that. Like, I think Lyman will bring his own creativity to the table, uh, and we'll we'll make that game do do some fascinating things. Well, I'm excited to see what he comes up with. The other thing I want to mention, and I've seen it improve game after game, but I think they've nailed the feeling of the flippers to feel like Williams flippers in as far as no latency. And I'm thinking maybe the, the running the code in the shell, like you mentioned, might've caused that. I, I don't know how that really can be true because it's mechanical, but there, you, you noticed it. And I noticed it, that there was a latency when it, when medieval madness came I've out, never noticed a latency. Oh, yeah, you didn't see, see, I have, it, it hasn't people, felt like know, it. I, I owned a medieval, I didn't own a medieval, but I had a medieval on a long-term loan and I gave it back right before I got my remake. And so I would definitely be in a spot where I would feel a difference in, in flipper time. And yeah, I, I never ran into that. I know that on pin side for like a hot second, there was a topic where somebody was sure he'd found the latency and then they pointed out the mistakes in his math and the whole works and they backed off and said that it was similar to the original I think that the biggest problem with the flippers on the remakes is that if anything, they're too powerful. They don't feel like a Williams flipper. If you turn the power way down, they feel more like a Williams flipper. But honestly enough, I usually just go with the default settings and chalk the gameplay difference up to, you know, one's one's old, one's new. Sure. Um, sure. You know, and I've, you know, and I've played, you know, I've, I've owned, you know, the big three and I've played remakes of all of them. And, you know, I think that, you know, is it exactly like the original? No, obviously not. You know, it it's designed to be a reasonable facsimile of 
and you know, there's there's some modern enhancements, and there's some stuff that you know I don't think made the trip as well. I think that they've never gotten their sound balance right. Um, I think that it's a little bit ridiculous in some cases, like with Attack from Mars, they couldn't get the Martians to be quite as wiggly as the originals. But oh yeah, you're right you know, about that. Yep. Yeah, they look very. They just they jump up and down. They just look very stiff, and that's why somebody got to develop a product called Big Jiggly Martians. And you know, <laughs> the world the world makes everything right. Um, I got something I can so, add to that about the Martians. Are you a big jiggly Martian, Spencer? Um, I, I I got I got a I big knew it. Um, okay, so uh, last Golden State, twenty nineteen, um, where it's a the uh, Steve Charlin Spirit Award uh, dinner and presentation, which I host, mm-hmm. and we're having dinner with uh, at our table is Mike Linicor and Tanya Clyde. and we're just talking story and, and they're telling a story about yeah they had a hell of a time when they were making Attack from Mars because the the Martians kept breaking when they jump up and down they went round and round trying to find the right mixture of you know plastics and what PVC whatever they were using I forget rubber whatever uh, where it would be firm enough to hold up over long term play but with bounce and be jiggly and it took them because it kept breaking and it took them a while to finally get that right. So with the remake, like a lot of things when they remake it, you know, um, the whitewater topper having a hell of a time with that. The, yeah. They've the, never figured out how to make that reflective topper work. Right. The creature from the black lagoon, the, the hologram, you know, there, so there's things out there where, okay, well, they never wrote down the recipe for this, or if they did, nobody knows where it is. They, you know, stuck it in the drawer somewhere and forgot about it. Um, but who was going to care 30 years later? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's not like we're going to remake these. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> so, maybe we know. are. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I just want that little anecdote. Um, thank you to Mike Vinicor and uh, Tanya Kleitz for uh, that wonderful dinner conversation and sharing those little fun tidbits of uh, pinball trivia. Yeah. So and if you ever make it to the show and, and do not go to the spirit dinner, you're missing out because it is absolutely just a wonderful chance to recognize somebody in in you know the pinball hobby and especially northern california or all of california but just it's just a great time with some great people so go to the spirit yeah. go to the spirit and, center totally agree i went there too and it was awesome yeah it's 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 the best it's the best part of the weekend it it, it really is a real celebration of uh of pinball and of steve who is just a real ambassador of the hobby which i want to bring something up uh the side note so uh, real quick, Kathy Charlin, Steve's wife, she's currently selling some wood rail games, early godly wood rails um, on Facebook. On uh, I want to tell you, uh, pinball collectors, I, you just type in pinball, it'll come up. I'm sorry, I don't remember exactly which one it is. I'm a member of so West many. West Coast pinball collectors? If you're, if you're interested, reach out to Spencer and yeah, he'll, he'll get you in touch. I'll get, I'll get you, yeah, just reach out. The spinner is lit at gmail.com. And I'll, I'll get you shot over to Kathy. We're friends on Facebook. Um, yeah, so she's selling Lady Robin Hood, um, a Humpty Dumpty, which, if you don't know, is the very first pinball machine to ever have flippers, and a couple other early That's flipper right. games. Yeah, a couple other early like like late nineteen forties early flipper golly Woodrow. So if and and these were owned by Steve, man. So if you're like, oh man, I'm feeding for a cool godly that was owned by Steve. 
here's your here's your chance. And it might be your last chance because um, most of his collection, what's left that they haven't sold, is pretty much staying with Kathy or or uh, Kathy's daughters. Uh, um, you know, they have the ones they wanted the most. So, quick, thanks for bringing that up, Dan. Oh no, sweat. Yeah. So to finalize Cactus Canyon. It shoots great, and the flippers feel like Williams flippers. That's that's how I felt uh, when I played it. So anyway, remakes are awesome. They play great, and the toppers are amazing. Awesome. It's a great game. They're giving games to people who can't, who couldn't have them before. Yep. Don't be a hater, Mike Huntsman. Don't be a hater. <laughs> Don't be a hater, guy. That- Seriously, I thought Mike Huntsman's going to listen to this, but if he does, we love I you, love him right? like a brother. Don't be a hater. <laughs> don't, be, don't be a hater. A guy somewhere in the Midwest who owns who owns seventeen original medieval madness games. Who no, that guy's already a hater. They know they know not hating that. He's a he's a speculator. And, and you know, but yeah, that's just what I was saying. Is the speculators are are just you know they snapped up those limited those those uh, collectors editions. Yeah, that sucks. But you know what? Don't do don't do something stupid. Don't buy them. They'll eventually have to get out of them for what they're into them. The special edition is is just as good with you know a couple missing accoutrements. And you know what, man? Modders are going to make it right. That's right. Modders are going to make it right. Also, you can buy a lot of cool pieces from Planetary Pinball Supply. Um, you know, for your <laughs> games. That's right. And uh, you can you can trick them out. You know, make it make it yours. And they're and as far as I'm concerned, they're the best distributors because they have the most allotment of of the uh, Cactus Canyon remakes. So yeah, yeah. shout out to Rick Bartlett and uh, Planetary Pinball. They they do a great job uh, with their Big customers. Rick, love him or hate him, he's been supporting us in pinball since the beginning. Absolutely, he's been keep he's been keeping it real. He comes to the shows, he sells us the parts, he gives us candy. Yep, and thanks to Rick, him, he allows us Rick, to play his prototype that's sitting at Playfield seventy six as we speak, and it will be going to press rock. start when they open. <laughs> just so you know, <laughs> I got a rock. <laughs> so yeah, so it's going to press start uh, in uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks. That's going to be opening up, and Cactus Can will be there as its permanent home. Are, are we gonna get an are we gonna get an opening party for press start too? I need an invite, buddy. I had a good time at the Playfield seventy six when I've oh, I we'll actually we, have we went back. Uh, me and I took my buddy, we went back and uh spent some money and played some games and uh yeah, had had a really good time, man. That is just I'm that is a great that is a great place. And and I'm telling you, man, once you get out of the pretty area of Utah and until you hit Reno, it is desert, boys. Yeah. Nothing yeah. but for like nine fucking hours. But then Playfield 76 is an oasis. <laughs> yes. I, I just made that drive like two a week ago. Hell, a week ago. I know. Ago. I'm surprised you didn't go to Playfield 76 when you're here in Reno. Bro, I, Killing I, me, Smalls. I, I was burning through them now. I had. I didn't I had, know you were even in Reno. Shoot. Because I was in Reno. I got into Reno on a, on a, no, on a Monday night. A week ago, it'd be a week, a week ago this Monday. Um, I got, I, uh, a week ago? Yeah, no, it'll be two weeks. Okay. So sorry, I, I lose track of time. Um, and I got in like at 1130 at night, man. I got into my hotel, um, checked in, got a shower, went to sleep, got up, had breakfast with Greg. Boom. I was in California an hour and 45 minutes later on a job site, walking through with the project manager and, uh, um, and then I was, you know, lunch with my old office manager, then up to, to home office uh, and dinner with 
the the owner of the company. Um, and then on the way back, it was just like, I want to get home. I've been gone for a week and I just like, I, I, I didn't even stop in Reno, man. It was just through, through sparks. And I was thinking about it going, oh, darn, I wish I could call you and say, Mark, I'm in town. Let's do dinner. But I, you know, the, but I'll, I mean, there'll be other trips. It's okay. Know? No problem. Yeah. And Dan, I know you wanted to come out to the launch party last Tuesday, but the weather did not allow you to come. So yeah, it was just, you it know, was bad weather. Bad weather. Short notice, bad weather. Yeah, I would have loved to have yeah. made it to that because, again, there's no party like a Playfield 76 party. A big shout out to Mark and everyone who puts together the great events and the whole staff and, and the owner's team and everything there. It is it is the pinball oasis. It is the nicest most chill place to grab a drink, uh, grab a bite of some bar food, and and play some games in in Reno. Better than a barcode, a barcade by far. It's 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 definitely an arcade lounge of the highest order. So, please, please, please. You know, I I make it a point to go there and spend a couple hours and play some games every time I'm in town. Easy parking next door too. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. It, it is a fun place to be. And uh, we got a great group of people that come when we uh, offer the tournaments and the launch parties. And uh, there is a Godzilla, by the way, coming soon. So just to let you know, going to get a Godzilla. Speaking premium. of Godzilla, wasn't that our next topic or am I skipping ahead? No, nope, you're right on. You're right on target, sir. <laughs> So I don't know. I feel like we've covered the hell out of Godzilla. I think we have. I played the pro. You know, I haven't played the premium with LE. It's fun. It shoots great. The call outs, everything about it. I, it, it's, it's, it's a solid slam dunk, man. And they're showing up everywhere on location. Game of the year. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's going to get game of the year. It's so good. I mean, only cause, only cause guns and roses came out last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know what? I, I'll say this. You know, I, I did get to be part of uh, unboxing an LE with, with my friend Henry or our friend Henry. He's super, super good guy. And uh, in person, it's an absolutely beautiful looking game. The the art and the, the clear coat or the powder coat are both really, really good looking. And the game has won me over. I still think the play field art is a little on the uggo side. Just way too much going on there. And I still think that it's kind of disjointed with the hard rock music and the classic rock music and the classic sound effects. But there is supposed to be, I guess, a a way to, you know, customize your music in, in the, one of the upcoming revisions. And the call outs on that game are just genius. <laughs> They're genius. Like when I when I so was at good. the show, I was just like, oh, this is just cheesy and stupid. But when I got to listen to them in, in a home environment and I got to hear some of the nuance to them and, you know, I'm just like, oh, this game actually does a really good job of doing what it's trying to do. And I just bet as the software matures that that game is going to be a real just a real masterpiece. And like, I think I agree, like it's going to be by far the best game Uh that Stern has probably put out. I mean, and that's, that's high praise because I didn't think anything would be better than Iron Maiden. Yeah. It's, it's so good that the, the rule sets, it's just plain. It's clever. Cause Keith says, all right, anybody who doesn't know pinball, I'm just going to have them just shoot up the middle at the building to get multi-ball simple. But then when you get into the different modes, uh, is it Ebra? Is that what it is? Uh, 
Evera is the first Evera. monster. Evera. The, one with, yeah. the one with the uh, with the spinners. That's my favorite one. Trying to hit all three spinners. Genius. And then when you defeat them, once you get through it, then you team up with a monster, which is like a totally different mode, which I never got to except one game that I played over on Jason's game. Well, uh, the team ups are like perks. So, so like if you get if you get Mothra, you get a uh, outlane save. And if you get I forgot who the one, but one of them gives you an out of ball. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because and that's one of the things that Stern's been really smart about. Like Mandalorian really does this a lot is they give you a chance to like earn rewards or to buy rewards within game currency. And, uh, you know, and I think that that's cool because it lets you kind of pick your own destiny in in game. So Godzilla takes, you know, a lot of those really smart things that I think that they've been doing. And uh, it, you know. I think it's pretty hard not to say that like Keith Elwin is, is, you know, Keith Elwin and, uh, gosh, I always forget his programmer. I always forget his programmer too. And he does such a great job. Hold on, I'll pull it up. Yeah, they are. They are the dream team right now. At Stern. Like they're getting it done. And especially when you put them with, uh, with a zombie with zombie yeti who i still don't think was the ideal art choice for this game but i mean it's it's certainly not not you know objectionable i think that they're doing a good product and if if the rumors are true and their next project is back to the future i will be so stoked because it'll finally be a keith elwin theme that i are want you saying to keith elwin there's a possibility that he might be doing back to the future the rumor is that the keith elwin team oh, oh next game is, is back to the future that's um, rush Rush is coming up or is said to be coming no, up. No, it's confirmed because when um, I can tell right. you real quick, when uh, John Borg was there at the Stern seminar, he walked off and they played Rush music. Rock, uh, rock I still, you know what? I so, still say Stern would troll you guys, but you know, there's been a lot pointing that way. And uh, you know, I have, I have a friend of mine uh, who we went and bought a game from, it turns out a fellow who I'd bought a game from before and uh, while we were there he was talking big time about rush and he's really excited so hopefully it's rush and then there's the big rumor about the that steve ritchie had a bond game in the bag before he took off and and the other one is you know that that yeti and uh and his team are are on Back to the Future, or not Yeti, but uh, Elwin and his team Elwin. and Yeti are on Back to the Future. Man, well, okay, that's that'll true, be my next new inbox because Back to the Future is a grailed game for me. That yeah, is the I'll, theme. I'll make I'll make some heavy sacrifices yeah. so that that can go with with my Ghostbusters and my Star Trek and my and my uh, all my all my Sterns in a row. <laughs> yeah that's gonna be amazing if they can do a really cool mac with the delorean or something hopefully they do justice to that but really i mean godzilla they nailed it for max they finally got that wow back into pinball that's how i feel like when that building collapses and the balls get released that's like it brings me back to my college days when i got wowed at 90s games like the castle blowing up medieval madness or you know the saucer shaking when you blew it up um, you know all that magic the, under the glass they nailed it this time finally stern finally the did it godzilla mech is where it's at oh that's so cool yeah it's so sweet like yeah. and it just 
it makes that part of the game make sense. I mean, the building is awesome. And I'm, you know, I love watching the balls lock on top of it. I love the fact that it changes the direction of the balls. You know, that is a great, great mech. The bridge, I'm not super impressed with so far. It just sort of spazzes out. Uh, but yeah, the one that I think really enhances the game is that Mecha Godzilla mech. Like, it is so cool. It is and, cool. Uh, because it changes it, the gameplay when it rotates. It's so yeah, awesome. It it makes that part of the game make sense. Like in the pro, the Mecha Godzilla sequence just almost doesn't make sense. But when, you know, you hit him and then he turns on the shield and the targets turn and the shield <laughs> yeah, is there. So good. And then when you, you hit him a few times, the shield goes down, it opens back up and you launch the ball into him and he, he catches it with that magnet <laughs> on his chest. You're just like, oh, like this is genius. Like this is smart. Yeah. Like this is just smart design. Like somebody looked at that and they just came up with the right thing at the right time and they really made that go. And like I said, I can see why, you know, I can see now, you know, I think that, you know, people were excited because of the theme and people were excited because of Elwin, which, you know, is is fair because he's he's doing great work. But I do think that like that game is a statement by Stern that it's just like, look. We know our games were getting a little bit skinny for a while. We were trying to figure out this LCD thing. Well, here you go. The the mechanisms are back, you know, and I think that they're putting, you know, I know everything is more expensive. I know their prices went up $1,000, but as long as they pour that $1,000 into the play field so that you have those experiences again, it's a lot harder to be upset. Yeah, I agree. And the other mm-hmm. thing, too, is do you think that Ellen intentionally designed it so that if you hit it when it wasn't ready to catch it with the magnet, it would deflect off his arm and go into the habit trail? Did you notice that? I, I think it was a happy accident because it's a like, great design. <laughs> so I know clever. he's a great designer, but I mean... I think that half of like the cool stuff that happens in pinball, like, you know, the way that the Iron Maiden ball lock ended up working for the release. Yes. I think that that just sort of happened. And then they said, oh, this is a cool thing. We need to make it work like this. Yeah. So I think that 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 ball flying off, you know, just like, you know, when you play Indiana Jones, the pinball adventure and you get massive towering air balls, although sometimes they (laughs) stop the game. I know that it's not supposed to do that, but they did program in a save if it happens. And it is sort of part of the experience. (laughs) That's true. That's so true. Yeah. It just checks all boxes. It's just a great game. And we, out of all the games we played the most at Expo, Godzilla, we played constantly. Like, yeah, all the we time. must have played a half dozen games of it today while we were uh, we were there ostensibly to pick up my Ghostbusters and to help out with uh, Indiana Jones. But while uh, while Brian was doing a thing on Indiana Jones, me and Henry were just plugging in game after game after game of Godzilla, and it just it doesn't get old. It's just a really really good. You know, really good game. It doesn't take a long time to get to the fun stuff. And uh, as a competitive experience, it's it's one of the best. They do need to they do need to give that software some love. I know it's only like 0.8 and they don't it's not fully featured yet. But, uh, you know, we didn't have any crashes or anything today. So so that was nice. That's true. Yeah. So far, I haven't seen many bugs in at all. Uh, I know yeah, the we magnet was some, kind of getting yeah, we were seeing overheated. some scratches or some crashes the first uh, the first night but there's okay. been an update since then that seems to have addressed the problem well they got a lot for 0.8 they got a lot yeah yeah yeah. it was a big one 
I mean, by the time they get the code, you're not going to be able to get to the wizard mode anyway until they, you know, <laughs> you have that game for a lot longer <laughs> as you're trying to get to the wizard mode. I, by the time well, they get I'm, the code developed, I, yeah. I haven't even figured out the, the game progression yet. I mean, obviously, I figured out how to get into, a you know, the three main multi-balls, and I think I figured out a thing or three. But it's like the idea is that you fight all the monsters, and there's like a final fight with the monsters, and then there's a city mechanic. You're See, going to different cities. Yeah. It's just, there's, there's still so much to be done in that game that I haven't even, you know, bent my mind to seeing how it works. And I've, you know, I've been really trying to not watch and don't get me wrong. I appreciate his work, but I've been really trying hard to not watch Carl D'Angelo play games. Although I did watch him play the absolute shit out of his Halloween before he sold it uh, (laughs) because I just kind of wanted to see how that game would work. But yeah, I just don't want to have all of the magic taken out of the game before I get a chance to discover some of it, especially if it's something that I have access to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you want it. You don't want it to t- spoil the surprise, right? You want to kind of discover it on your own. And Carl's known to get all the way to the end of the game, and then it's like, oh man, he just gave away the surprise ending. Yeah, so he it, just it, right beats that game's ass like it owes oh, him he's money. Unbelievable. <laughs> he's, he's unbelievable. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's really like watch, it's like watching Spencer play Surf Champ. <laughs> <laughs> he just beats it like it owes him money. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, it's it's a slam dunk. If anyone gets a Godzilla, uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with it. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a big seller because it seems like it's popping up everywhere. I know at least eight people who've bought them. You know, it seems like it's showing up on location. So, oh yeah, on location, you're definitely going really well. to get a chance to uh, experience some of those shenanigans if you if you look very hard. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like I said earlier, I've noticed that, that that game is not just in people's homes, but it's showing up on location. I saw a post early today. Somebody in Sacramento, hey, we just got, you know, so you know, we you know, we they just got a Godzilla Pro on location here. It's like, yeah, it's like the fifth or sixth one in the Sacramento area. So which is good, man. That that says a lot about the game, you know, kind of like uh, back Ghostbusters, you know, where that game was just showing up everywhere. Because it's a good game, you know. So. Curious if Peppermill gets Godzilla Pro. Mm. I'm really curious because they really need to get something new because I don't think new. they've gotten anything since Star Wars. Yep, Star Wars is the last one they made or that they bought. Yeah, yeah. And wow. don't get me wrong, I really appreciated it being there, and I also really appreciate that for whatever reason they let that game replay three times in a single game. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I know you can I'll, just play I'll that all day long once and walk away with four credits left <laughs> on the machine. Yep, so true. That's the nice thing about playing pinball in Reno on location, like it's a pepper mill because they're like, just let the kids win free games. Their parents will stay here. They'll be happy and they'll spend more money, you know? Right. So, I haven't um, been there for a while, so I don't know, yeah. but they should I get a Godzilla. My, my favorite pepper mill pinball story was back when they got that uh, Star Wars, I was playing it and the games are on carpet and Stern games don't weigh very much. And it had a, it has a very, I mean, they might've tightened it up, but it had a very liberal tilt. And I must have done like a six inch slide save on that. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I, I, I took I yeah. took my warning and, you know, the little girl who's running the arcade, you know, wanders up to me and she's just like, you know, we really can't have you doing that. And I was like, no, no, you're missing the point. The game is designed for you to do that. That's why it only gives you a warning. If you do it too much, it takes away your ball. And she goes, oh, okay. And just wanders <laughs> off. <laughs> 
I was like, I mean, technically that's true. <laughs> you weren't lying. I wasn't lying. I wasn't trying to, you know, kick her game around just for fun. I was just trying to stay alive. That's just that's how the game works. Uh, but funny. yeah, you know, just it would be really nice to see them to see them get uh, to get a Godzilla because it would be uh, it would it would help make my work nights go faster. Because don't get me wrong, I've played a lot of their Star Wars, but I've played a lot of their Kiss. I've got Metallica at home. I don't play Mustang very much on location. What else do they have? That ACDC. ACDC is not worth playing because it just goes drains right down the middle all the time. Yeah. Good, good, good lineup, but getting a little dated time for some time for some fresh blood. Yep. I agree. There you go. You know, so, um, so we've all three, all of us, because we talked earlier, uh, we've all played uh, heist. So I put a game on it. I didn't play it deeply, but I will say that, that's some cool shit. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Like, that is just a genius piece of design. And it is by far the thing that I see that makes me go, oh, you know what? P3 does have a future. Like, Lexi was cool. Cosmic Kart Racing is neat. But yeah, uh, Heist is the first thing I've played on that, and I'm just like, dude, this is this is some next level shiz right here. Yeah, don't man. you feel like you're in an adventure, like you're you're part of the heist? You feel like yeah. you're part of the story. That's why I like it. I think a lot of pinball games lately have done that well. Yeah, like I was saying Mandalorian is really smart about letting you build up equipment and do jobs, right? And then you'd use those jobs to have better multi balls. And Godzilla is doing some cool things. And uh, what was another one that had a real video gamey progression? Uh, Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper Nightmare Castle, where you're, oh, you're that game is the so castle, good. You're fighting the you're fighting yeah. the monsters. It's really cool. This game takes all of those games, accomplishments, and and giving pinball a narrative, and just kicks it in the balls. Like it is, it's it's like playing Grand Theft Auto on a pinball play field. Yes, and and it, and it follows those simple tenets of pinball that Pat Lawler always talks about. It's like a game should be easy to learn, easy to play, and hard to beat. You should be able to look at it and go, oh, okay, I, I, I know what to do. If I shoot that, I get two of those. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Recruit dudes, start missions, make shots. There you go. And, and you know, still being fun, but still being fun in a monster. Yeah, because it's, it's like buildings and like there's that garage door thing that I didn't even realize opened and then it was opened. And then, of course, it's got all the P3 stuff on the play field where you can, you know, run over money to collect money. Yeah, isn't that cool with the money? I love that. That's so much yeah, fun. Yeah, it's got like side targets, which I think are like, like they're a later enhancement to P3. So there's things to shoot out on the side. But the play field itself, like it finally has an illusion of being like it's like a little cityscape. Right. And you're like flying and over that, it. Right. Yeah. And then that, that sweet ass crane comes out. Oh and my like, gosh. The crane is so cool. It's just such a neat design. And it's just, if they, if, if God, oh. if the guys who do P3 could go to rockstar and take two, and if they could get the grand theft auto license and, and, and slap it on there and, you know, bump it up just a little tiny bit, man, they would, they would sell 10,000 of those things. Like it would capture the imaginations of people who who either don't think pinball has anything new to offer or or you know wouldn't give pinball the time of day until they you know they put a theme that people want to see on it 
And uh, yeah, it's just, you know, maybe that's a hot take or maybe that's just a wishful thinking. But yeah, I can't not look at that and go, man, this is, you know, I mean, and I know, <laughs> and I know P3 is like 10 years old now or something like that. But it's just like, this is still the future of pinball. I agree. And the crane Mac is genius. It's a bash toy. It's a magnet. And it, it also is allows you to not only you know, hit the target to lock the ball, but it also lets you like knock a ball off of it. It moves around in the play field that's in the lower part of the play field. So you still have those shots in addition to what's on the screen. Right. It's so cool. And then how you have to finish the character by hitting in the scoop. So, you know, when you're done with that character to collect them to do the heist. Uh, Or they get captured and you have to jailbreak them. Yeah. And then you can continue the game where you left off. I love that. And then the cop car that goes across and the things pop up and you don't want to shoot it in there. You get captured. Genius. Yeah, it's it is a it's a it's a work of art. I mean, I don't know who designed it. Uh, I know that a lot of people design. I don't know if it was uh I forgot the P3 guy's name. I don't know if it's the main P3 guy uh, or if it was like someone who works with them who did that. But yeah, you know, they like said, you know, I really wish that they would manage to make the uh, Grand Theft Auto to get that out there. Well, I mean, it is kind of like Grand Theft Auto, but just to get that out there to where more people can see it. Because, you know, I've been hearing about it. And, you know, I think that, you know, I'd seen some content on the Internet about it. And it just it doesn't it doesn't really hit you how great it is until it's in your face and you see that crane move and you see how smooth and fast it is and how, how scale the little city looks and, and you know, you, the sounds really well done. Yeah. You just, the animation, you really get the, the music, experience. the experience, the voiceover, it's just, it's a really solid game and it's got decent graphics too. It's like one of the things graphics. I always hated about the P3 was it always feels to me like the graphics are like, you know, like a free iPhone game. Yes. And this yes. is one of the first games that I feel like the graphics really kind of brought the heat. Yep. Uh, it, it's very stylistic and it's got, uh, it's got its own style, um, yeah. but it, but it's done very well and it's colorful and it fits with the different characters. It's just a, a a fun game. And it's a one more game to play. I played at least 20 in a row when I was over at Jim Martin's place because that is also going into Press Start uh, Heist. Oh, wow. Yeah, we got a heist at Press Start. Uh, and I kept playing that one over and over. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I bet Jim is getting sick of this theme music going over and over again. But I couldn't stop playing it because I was like, oh, well, what happens if I get this combination of characters to get this heist and oh what happens if i get all the characters do i get out of wizard mode and then yeah it's just one of those one more game appeal and man i wish it was more affordable because i would have a p3 no problem because the rule set's deep enough and you just feel like you're you're part of the adventure yeah i i really want to like grab a stool and sit in front of that game for like two hours oh yeah yeah Yeah, just really just really explore it. There's yeah. actually another game. There's several other games for it. You know, they're more like kart racing, Cannon Lagoon. There's some poor games. Because um, right. be- just before I left back in June, like a week or two before I-, I moved out here to Wyoming, I met with Brad. He was waiting on, he had not yet got Heist. He was waiting on it. But it's like, but hey, I got this. And he had a, a, a baseball, like a pitching bag game. But it had two flippers. 
um, for the P3. And it was a lot of fun, too, because you guys know what a junkie I am for pitching bats. But I just wanted to bring that up because <laughs> there's other good stuff out there, too, not to take anything away from Heist, because Heist is amazing. But, you know, and the games aren't stupid expensive. Like, you know, that was a thing with uh, with the uh, Pinball 2000. It's like, okay, well, you got the game. And it's like, oh, we got this other game. You can get a kit and just drop it in. It's like, well, it's almost as much as the whole game at the time. Well, now, well, you know. They're pretty expensive, but. You know, compared to what pinball, I think that we were pricing it the other day and it was like a full P3 setup now with heist and everything. It's going to set you back about 15K. Oh, yeah. it's 15K? Well, I mean, people pay like for limited K, editions for that. Like 10K gets right. 10K gets you into like a P3 and like their little starter setup. And I don't think you can do heist, but I think it's like you get Lexi Lightspeed, which is which is definitely a serviceable game. Like I remember when it first came out, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And like, I think that you can pick a couple of like the modules that go with like Lexi, or I think maybe you can do Cosmic Kart Racing. And if you're really interested, just go to their website and check it out. But I think that it costs like what, $2,500, $3,000? For a whole new game for the yeah and, it, and the new game is the software and it's the uh play the artwork yeah. and the module yeah. right well, and, and heist and, has a third flipper so and they're like extra stuff that comes well, i think that that's part of the new i mean maybe that's part of the module but is, i think that like is. the side the side stuff yeah uh the side stuff i think is part of the newer version yeah. of uh the p3 platform yeah oh, okay it was a I little tricky it, though hitting the, the upper flipper with a different button i hope yeah, they that should that. have been that should have been on the the right flipper button i didn't yeah. even i didn't even know it was there yeah. <laughs> and i had a and i had a long game yeah <laughs> but yeah just but yeah for for the money and again when you look at the capability you know you want online head-to-head play great it's already here they have it you know you want downloadable content great it's here you know you want you want to be able to play new rule sets for the same play fields okay we've got it you know they've got everything that everybody's always hoping is going to happen in pinball it's here it's now you can have it it's just going to cost you a little bit of money and you're going to have to get used to a little different form factor and And in a hobby as uh rooted in the past let's say as pinball you know you want innovation but you want a wooden play field that somehow doesn't dimple and uh you know parts that never wear out um <laughs> i think that you do run into a situation where it's like there's a little bit of a you gotta you gotta ask for the innovation or you gotta be willing to break with the past boys and uh, i think that p3 is is for the people who are who are bold enough to lay out a little bit of money and really not that much more money than a regular game now right uh you're going to get the one of the greatest experiences that you will ever have on a play field. And it's built like a tank and it's the heaviest pinball machine that is, I know of. It is the heaviest some bitch. I don't know, man. So it heavy. might not be heavier than, than a wide body JJP, but I bet you it's heavy. It's close. It's very close. <laughs> yeah. Well, you next time you come on over, we'll carry my Pirates of the Caribbean around and we'll just see what you think. Yeah. <laughs> that game. That, that game makes Twilight Zone and Star Trek The Next Generation seem like a walk in the park on a sunny day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> my friend henry 
he'd really like to borrow my JJ Pirates, and I'm willing to. And he said, hey, you know, we can swap it out for my Tron limited edition. And I was like, hey, I'm willing to do that. I'm just kind of waiting for the code. And it's just like, if you could think of two games that I want to move less, those are them. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, it's too expensive. They're both fiddly as fuck. I mean, his, his Tron has a lot of mods that were installed on it. And Pirates is just, there's a lot going on there. But the most of it is just man, Pirates is one heavy son of a bitch. <laughs> it's a heavy game. Heavy game. You know. Didn't you Dan, didn't you help the banisters load theirs down into their basement? So the day that we unboxed Chris's uh Chris's limited edition, yeah, I I was one of those guys. And there were like four of us. Oh. And we slid that thing down the stairs. Yes, Will and you were there, right? Yeah, it was me and Will, and I think you were there. And no, I wasn't I don't know there, if you man. Were, I don't know if you were hands-on that, and then Chris was there. I, I showed and up yeah, that I night. Was, I was standing at the top holding it, and they were underneath holding it up. And yeah, that was that was Wait, an experience. You, you, we didn't we didn't flat carry it. We we put it on a piece of cardboard and I, just I, lowered I, but it. I thought, I thought Chris had a uh, Escalera. Do you buy that after? He did have – he does have the Escalera. Uh, but we just we slid that thing down the stairs in the box, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess the Escalera either won't. It wasn't good for his staircase, hmm. or okay. there was something about maybe the JJPs were just too big for it. Maybe, but yeah, man, it was it was definitely you know, and he was just like, "This is going to be easier," and we're like, "We got enough guys. We're you know, we're big strapping young lads," and you know, again, it didn't seem that bad. It's a lot heavier when it's your game. <laughs> like if i was moving your 400 pound game it wouldn't feel that bad but as soon as it's my ten thousand dollars on the line it's like fuck this thing is heavy <laughs> right what the hell man <laughs> yeah yeah i would i'm i'm definitely like you know there's a part of me that wonders if like you know selling selling a game or two or a big or a big game to get into a, a p3 multimorphic isn't somewhere in the future because i'm extremely impressed with heist i just I need to see more games like that. And they're coming out with a with a license, so that might be a game changer. We'll see what happens. And I, I firmly believe it. Let's hope the license is Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. <laughs> is, are you hearing that as rumors? No, I haven't heard anything. I've just heard that they're doing something. Uh-huh. And you know, it's just it's he's he's a small he's a small company. He's a small guy, you know, so let's keep our expectations realistic. You know, there aren't very many big companies these days with these big these big licenses that are going to go to a small guy and say, hey, we just want to see what you can do. You know, use use our IP. So let's just hope, you know, the guys like Rick and Morty, you know, Cartoon Network and Rick and Morty, you know, they did that. So maybe they got something cool like that. But by the way, Sorcerer's Apprentice, I got to play at Expo and that was fun, too. Oh, no kidding. Oh, that's right. That's the new like swords and sorcery. Yeah, uh, that was game. fun. And the other thing uh, is, it was using the uh, the it uses cart, cosmic, cosmic cart, cart, but it fit perfectly, and man, it was know. fun. It's fun to play. See, and I would just you know, and I love the idea that they can do that. I just for me, and I'm not trying to be like an old school fuddy daddy, but I kind of see what they're saying. It's like I want to see, I want to see the world. Right. Yeah, like yeah. I want to see the, you know, the buildings. And I like when you say to me, any sort of sorts, sorts and sorcery game, you know, I'm like, oh, man, I love games with castles and caves that look like skulls and stuff like that. Dragon, you know, 
And yeah. dragons, yeah, you got it. It's like throw me a dragon on there, man. Like give me, dragon, give, me man. give me the dragon, you know. I love to see it. But yeah, that I was watching that on one of the streams and it looked really, really cool. The graphics look good. Uh the gameplay looks really, really cool. Just you know now Heist has world under glass. It does. But I'm saying what you do is when you do Sorcerer's Apprentice, you make yourself a P3 module that looks like you ripped off the back of a medieval madness. Yeah. And it's got a castle and a drawbridge. Yeah. And let's let's get this motherfucker going on. Right. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's true. You know, you want my three thousand dollars. Great. Give me a plastic castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Build something out of Legos. I mean, I don't care. Let's just do it. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, that's that's a really, really cool. That's a really, really cool world. You know, another game that I think, you know, Segway is is really trying for the world under glass is uh, is Halloween. And you got to spend some time, right? I got to play Halloween and uh, I want the code to get better. I'm just going to say that in a nice way. Um, It I did not know what I was doing now. The game is gorgeous. I mean, it's got the different levels and the play fields and the shots are nice and smooth. I do like the the hidden surprise when you shoot it uh, into the scoop and it has the lifter that lifts it up into the inlane and you don't know where it's coming from. That's cool because it's got that surprise factor, almost like a jump scare kind of thing, you know, like in a horror movie. But um, I the music was a little grating. It kind of just it's kept the going theme. on and on. And then yeah. the Halloween theme was good, but like the, the part where you're like starting a mode when you're getting, when you're preparing to get a mode qualified, it just, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just not a fan of Halloween that much, but I just did not know what I was doing. I saw that it had like different levels. Like it said, easy, and hard and had like part one to part five. Well, the mission, yeah, the various I episodes. That. I didn't get that. I, I was confused. Like, well, what do, do I pick a hard mode? Do I pick an easy one? I, I, I think it was like the number that. of shots that you had to hit. Okay. To, com- to complete the sequence. And I know that, so I haven't played it. So you're ahead of me, but I did watch a couple hours of, of Mr. D'Angelo just beating the piss out of it. Uh-huh. And uh, it looked cool. But it definitely looks unfinished. It looks totally unfinished. Like it was crashing. It was playing modes over and over and he didn't know what was going on. And, uh, you know, it just it didn't have an ending. And it just looks like it was not quite ready for prime time. And yeah, I just yeah, it's work in progress is what it looks like to me. And I do. Th- I, I thought Spooky was smarter than that. Yeah. Like, I didn't think that they were going to release a game in that condition. Maybe they had to make a date, but I thought that that was something that Charlie just wouldn't do. And I know that this is the first game that's using their new board set, right? This isn't a P-Rock game. This is actually their new pin hack. Oh, that's right. They got their own proprietary system, too. You're right. Well, they, they had it, and then when they had their falling out, uh, or maybe they just outgrew it, they went from, from pin hack to P-Rock. And this is, I think, they're back to pin hack. And I don't think the problems are with the board. As far as I can tell, the board set seems like it's very it's robust. It's like pin hack two, I think. Yeah, I, it's yeah. the new pin hack. Pin hack two. Okay. 
yeah, higher resolution, more memory, more everything. But yeah, it definitely seems like they just the the, the software wasn't ready for prime time, and uh, and the assets aren't there. If, the assets yeah, are not quite it. not not uh, organized enough, and not enough of them uh, to get you immersed into the game. That's how I felt, and I didn't know how to start a mode. It really didn't give me direction on what to do on the display. I, I was just like, it It reminded me of Batman 66 when it first came out. Same yeah. exact feeling. I felt like I, I had no idea what I was doing. All of a sudden, I had like a 400 million bonus, not knowing how the heck I got that. Uh, and I played that in Banning. And I was like, oh, it's a beautiful game. It's gorgeous. And the assets are great, how they use the, the different clips from the show. and but I had no clue what I was doing and I was getting bored. And that's exactly how I felt with Halloween. So when they strengthen the code and they get the assets in order, it'll be a great game, but I can't judge it right now as a fun game at this point in time, because the code is not there yet. Did you get to see Ultraman? I Ultraman was Ultraman. not there. Nope. Ultraman was not at Chicago Expo. Oh, so yeah. no, Spencer, I, go I, ahead. I, Talk I, about I, Ultraman. Well, you know, um, Rob Anthony does tech support for Spooky. And so uh, up in the room with him and JJ, they had a, a Rick and Morty, which I got to play more of that. I love that game. Um, I think that's a fantastic game. I, 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 I looked at getting in line a few times for uh, they had one of each on the floor in JJ's area. Um, Halloween just man the lines were super huge long. Like I said, I was there for not even a whole day, so I wanted to get all the bang for my buck. I did get a game on Ultraman. Um, actually, I got two games on Ultraman because I'm playing it, and there there have been people playing it, you know, throughout. But like, I get done with my game, I'm looking around, nobody else is waiting behind me. I'm like, okay, I'll play a second game. So I did. Uh, then a couple of people stepped up, and I let them take the next game. Um, like you said, man, shoot's great, you know, in the in the scoop that makes it pop out different places. Really cool. The little uh, now with Halloween, the shrubs, the uh, targets to the left, you have Mike Myers pop out. This one, you have different monsters that you will fight. Uh, Ultraman. And they're, they're buildings. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're buildings and little monsters pop out from behind that you're going to fight. So um, I remember Ultraman as a little, little kid. So when I heard about it, I was like, oh, and then I saw it. I kind of get this little bit of nostalgia. And went, oh, that's really cool. And I had not really thought about Ultraman in decades, you know, because I mean, this is a show I was watching. I was like, you know, five, six, seven years old. A little kid. It was cool. What little I could hear. I, I, the light show was good. All, I, honestly, it was a little too much red, white, and blue for me. Um, I don't know if you can believe that. Uh, but it was good. I mean, you know, I got two <laughs> games on, so I can't, I can't, I can't give it a full, you know, review. But uh, I'll say this: I'm not ha- looking at Halloween like Mark said. It's a beautiful. The art on it looks really good. The speaker grill, uh, the lights, all that looks really nice. And you know, they had it on a big screen so you could watch you know, watch it being played. And it looked really cool. Um, if you notice the two games of Spookies have really done the best are uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation, okay, an unlicensed theme. Um, but, you know, really, just a good fucking game. Um, and then um, Rick and Morty, because, okay, it's, it's not a theme where Charlie went, this is my dream horror theme, I'm doing it. 
You know, it's like, I mean, Charlie and company, great guys, nothing but goodwill. Love you guys. But dudes, really stop making the games for you. Start making them for other people. And that's just. I, I'm sorry. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper rocks. No, I love Alice Cooper. But I, yeah. I have, I've still not played like you guys have played it a lot. I played like four games on it. You know, Rick and Morty is is wonderfully themed. And they really nailed the sound and the arts there because it was all done by the real people. I don't think it had the same. I don't think Scott Denisi, you know, had the time and put the same kind of energy into that play field that he did into TNA. No, agreed. Because I just don't think it shoots very well. I think I love it. I think it's fun to play. I think it's hilarious. And I respect the fact that the guys who make Rick and Morty and Cartoon Network who could have easily, you know, had a stern wide release, you know, were willing to say, hey, you want to make 750 of a game? Great. Here's here's our our AAA, you know, super topical theme and we'll work on it with you. Go to town, boys. Right. Uh, but, you know, I think that I think Ultraman you know, I'm sure Halloween was a dream theme for Spooky, but honestly, if you, you know, and I know you've listened to their podcasts and stuff, yeah. you know, their dream theme was Godzilla. They couldn't have it. Ultraman is definitely a next best thing because it's the giant rubber monsters yeah. and the kaiju and the, the Japanese, uh, the, the, the cheesy Japanese, you know, 1950s, 1960s, 70s, uh, you know, oh, yeah. uh, monster fighting. And I think that, you know, it looks, it looks great. Like just very, very dynamic, uh, in terms of how it plays, having not flipped it, does it play like anything? Cause when I see it, I get a real, almost like a whitewater vibe where the ball goes in places and you're not really sure where yeah. it's going to come out. That's a good, that's a good comparison. I think as close as I can get. Yeah. Kind of whitewater. You, you know, getting up to the upper play fields is fun, you know. Um, and not it's not easy field. to keep it up there either. It's not easy. It's easy to get up there, but not It's easy, easy to get up there, but it's hard yeah. to keep that ball up there and to go up the other levels. Kind of remind me of pinball circus, you know, <laughs> where you yes. have to go to the different levels yeah, yeah. and get to the top. If, if I have one on location close by, I could play more. I'd probably dig it more. Probably dig Halloween more. I don't know. I like the Ultraman theme better than the Halloween theme personally. Um, I wish him continued success, but yeah, I want to, I want to see another more mainstream theme, something more mainstream where people go, Oh, this is cool. Like people go, go okay. Rick and Morty, like South Park, like Simpsons. So I'm like, Oh, Oh, Rick and Morty. Oh, that's gotta be fun. You know? I want to see spooky really stick to the horror themes, yeah. the creepy, yeah, just stay with the that. weird, mm-hmm. the stuff that only Charlie and bug and his people are, are going to really gravitate to. Cause I think that, you know, trying to sell a thousand or 1200 of a game, you know, they, they can do stuff like that. You know, they, they can make the games that like nobody else would really touch. And, you know, they've already kind of proven, although Stern's done it in the past, you know, with, with the Sopranos and Metallica and stuff like that, you know, they've kind of proven that, you know, they don't mind throwing, you know, four letter words and, you know, some, some dicier content into their games like they did on, uh, Rob Zombie, and you know, there's a very specific person, William, who that really appeals to. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. No, and I dig it too. You know, I love the Rob Zombie game. A lot of people didn't like that game. I, yeah, you know, I don't I like it. it. I think it's a terrible, terrible game. But I know people who do, and I understand why. Yeah, 
Right. Well, so, the other you, thing you have to realize about Spooky, and I p- applaud them, is they do have the callouts done by the actors. So Alice Cooper is doing the callouts for Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Stern is having a voiceover artist mimic the person, but they don't get the actual actors. They so, got Carl Weathers. Well, okay, all right. They got Carl Weathers. That's and they true. Got, uh, they got the dude who did the Doctor in uh, Star Trek. Uh, God, what's his name? Uh, Carl. Car- I think it's also Carl. Carl. Oh, Carl yeah. Urban. Okay. Carl and they, they right, do right. sometimes. I mean, you know, yeah. the sad thing is, think back in the day, like when Stern did some really good sound packages, like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Oh wow. my gosh! Like, yeah. You know, they got they got Elijah Wood yeah. to come out and and be Frodo, and you know, when they did Spider Man, they got J. Jonah Jameson to come out and do some of the best call out work ever yeah. in a game. True. Absolutely. You know, like they just I I I don't disagree though. Like what I like about Spooky is that again, they do a game that's their vision and I'm I don't think they compromise, you know. I don't think that they try to appeal to the mainstream. I think that Charlie tries to make the games that he thinks are cool and hopes that the people will think that they're cool. Uh and no. I think that that's no. their strength. And you know, I will say this. I remember how much everybody complained about the Alice Cooper callouts because he just didn't, you know, oh, it's so flat, no emotion. Those callouts are fucking hilarious. <laughs> They've totally fit. They're so good. <laughs> and like he says such messed up and hilarious things. Like Alice Cooper is just the funniest dude. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's great yeah, in that game. Like, he is just he's not what you I mean, I know in real life he's supposed to be just completely the opposite of, you know, what you think he'll be. And that's awesome because it really shows through in his game that, you know, he he loves the creepy and the weird stuff, but I mean, underneath it all you know, he's just a smart, normal dude who, you know, understands his product better than anybody else. And I think it's the same with with Zombie. Like Rob Zombie is apparently the smartest dude you'll ever meet. Yep. Like he knows his audience. He knows his market. Listen to the Joe Rogan podcast he did about three years ago. It's a great. I don't know. I think anyone on Joe Rogan just sounds dumber. (laughs) <laughs> no, Rob sounds really smart and really interesting. No, I'm, I'm sure he does. Also, that was more of a dig on Joe Rogan yeah. than Rob Zombie. <laughs> no, Rogan's, Rogan's cool. Um, you know, it's he has story. he has his moments. That dude, that dude to me is like the Canada of the real world, where it's just like he talks a lot about things that he doesn't know much about. Mm-hmm. Right. Just saying, I mean, no offense to the Joe Rogan lovers out there. I, I I think he's an amusing man and he's done a great job. He's made a fortune doing it. It's entertainment, man, like our show, you know. UFC UFC is cool. Good job, Joe. Yeah, you know, it's it's worth But anyway, um no, I wish not I, you know, look, I I don't know, I you know, I grew up around science fiction, fantasy and horror my whole life, so I you know, I dig it, but I I I'd love it if they do a weird owl game, you know. That's we Oh, I about would that. kill weird owl. If spooky, or if spooky made weird owl Yankovic, I would like I would I would sell my soul. You know, what was the other one, Mark? Would you say Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice would be huge. All right. I bet you I bet you now that Jack Danger's in house, Stern will do it. Yeah, Beetle I bet Beetle. you're right. Cause I know Jack was into it. And uh, I know, and a Franchi's back with Stern, and I know Franchi would like oh, he you would know be perfect for the artwork. Wait, is Franchi back with Stern? 
Yeah, they, yes. they've 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 repaired their bridges. Mm-hmm. Franchi's learned to keep his mouth shut. Knows he's podcasting so. a lot less now because <laughs> he knows he knows if he keeps doing a podcast every week, he'll say something <laughs> stupid, and George yeah. will have to fire him again. This is, this is internet radio kind of thing, so you guys can't notice. I'm not drinking alcohol tonight, so I'm on my best behavior. So. Oh, well, good good job, we'll get, Spencer. We'll well, I'll tell you this on. about Ultraman is that if you have that next to Godzilla, you got the pairs made in heaven. Those All are right. Yeah. If you're, a, if you're a Kaiju fan and you oh want giant rubber monsters and pinball, 2021 is your year, baby. Oh my gosh. Having two of those next to each other. Oh, perfect. And perfect combination. Well. Even the art, they fit pretty well together. Oh, absolutely. And they're both campy. They both have the funny call outs the same. It's very interesting to see how we all know Stern took the license away from Spooky, but they made it, you know, they they took their ideas and made it into something they're more a fan of, which is Ultraman, and made it happen. But now you have two great games that really can complement each other in a collection. I, I'd really like to play more of it, and I'd really like to play Halloween, because I did like the way, you know, Ultraman, I, I, you know, because I know the material pretty well, I mean, somewhat well. And I really like the way it shot, uh, and I had fun playing it. So, yeah, it shoots great. It, it's yeah, not a brick fest. I'll tell you no, that. No. It's the only spooky game I know out of all of them that's not a brick fest is Halloween or Ultraman. It does yeah. shoot well. I'll yeah. agree and with I'm that. I'm sure right around the time that they're finishing their run, the software will be really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, I yeah. think that they're going to make know. the software better. They're, that's the thing. Spooky listens to. The community, they always have it. know as well, and they care. You know, they care. Uh, oh. Chuck really does care about his product and about the people. And I'm sure that when people are complaining about his game, of of all the pinball creators in all the world, I bet you he takes it the most seriously. And just when you know, when we got to meet when they came out to the Golden State um, a few years ago, lovely, really, the whole family, just the most down to earth, loveliest, nicest people you can meet in pinball, really. No, Charlie's a, a great guy. Stung prima donnas at all? No, no, no not at all. Except no. for Charlie, well, because, just a you know, little they bit. They start out as a manufacturer. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I mean, they start out as just like us fans. Oh, hey, let's do a podcast, right? Hey, let's start a pinball company. Oh, holy shit! You know, so yeah, it's it's good, man. It's good. No, I I'm fine. I'm just joking about the being sober thing. I got to work in the morning. I got a lot of stuff going on, but no, it's funny because. um, our next topic, when we're done with this, we're going to get to, be, uh, well, Dan and I have been continually buying games and selling games. and <laughs> something seriously wrong with us. So uh, you want me to start, Dan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so I kind of I kind of filled in Mark a little earlier today, but Dan knows this already. Okay, so y'all know that I bought my first and maybe only new inbox game, Deadpool, and they raised the price and I stayed in. Um, I got out of Deadpool, and uh, the distributor was real good about getting me my refund, and I feel bad because I feel bad for them because I did buy an Escalera through them, and I want to give them my money because they're great people. Um, you mentioned them earlier tonight. Zach um, Manny. Yeah, Zach and Michelle flipping out. Wonderful people. Yeah, Zach and, and Nicole. They're yeah, wonderful Nicole. people. Yeah. Wonderful um, people. Yeah, they are. First they things like, first, good call. Deadpool sucks. I love that game. So is Rusty. Well, here's the thing, man. I was still in, you know, and I told him, man, I'm all in. So then the Elvira thing kicked in where, okay, so 
it's like I paid cash in advance for my Deadpool in June. They said, hey, man, I'm not going to be here until December. Don't care. I want the game. Here's my money. Um, that's cool. Like, okay, well, it's going to be late to January. We need another thousand bucks. Crap. All right. You know what? Here, I'm all in. Here's a thousand bucks. I'm in. I want my game. And then I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe January, maybe February. Don't know what the hell's going on. Um, you know, what are you doing over at Stern? And then people that bought the Elvira game, which is a great game. I love playing it. Um, on the premium and they're still waiting. And then they canceled everybody's order like seven, eight months ago and said, well, you can reorder 500 bucks more. And people did. And they paid the extra 500 bucks. They're still waiting over a year for their game. And then Stern's like, Oh, wait a minute for even more money. You can have the new 40th anniversary edition, but Oh, we don't have parts for the other games yet. That's fucking bullshit. And fuck you Stern. So I wrote him an email. I didn't cuss. I wasn't rude. Just, Hey guys, I don't think this is cool. What's going on here? I gave you my money. I want my game too. And I'm getting kind yeah, of, that didn't sound rude at all. I, I, now I didn't say it like that because they never, they never responded <laughs> to my email. So it's patently obvious, stern pinball, whoever answers the email over there, that you don't care about me as a customer and you don't want my money. So I got a refund, took that, took that money. And I'm literally sitting on the toilet um, in my new bathroom. Um, that cost way more than I wanted it to. Um, but it's really nice. Um, so it's finally done. And I'm looking on pin side for sale threads, right? Cause I'm kind of looking at the for sale threads, see if there's any dead pools on there close. There is one, but it's not really close. And now because of the price increase, people are raising up the prices of their used dead pools. And I see over in Colorado, a pin bot pops up for $1,200. And I'm like, this guy either A, doesn't know what the hell he has, or B, it's a scam. So I click on it. I'm like, I'm, I'm in Casper. I'm a few hours away. Um, obviously, dude has a basement. I got an Escalera. I got cash on the glass. I can move it out. When can I pick it up? So I don't, I don't hear nothing for a couple of days. All right. Somebody got it. Get an, get an email from the guy or an instant message. would be a pin side. And uh, no, I, got an, I think I got an email. Anyway. Um, he's had so many responses. Now it's best offer. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll go two grand. Cause it looks really nice. Okay. I'll go two grand. That's as high as I'm going to go. So uh, I get an email back the next day. It's like sold. And I'm like, all right, so you sold the game or you're selling it to me? He goes, no, no, it's, it's you come and get it. When, and so we call, we talk on phone man arrangements. This guy had been on Pinside for like three and a half years, had one thread and one post. The one thread and the single post he had was about the shooter rod on the pinbot. He played it as a kid in the arcade, in the pizza place, wherever. Really loved the game, found one. He's an electrical engineer. Cabinet was redone. Uh, the Playfield's original, but nearly perfect. I mean, it's a 9.5 out of a 10. It's got a Pinball Pro subwoofer and speaker kit. Reproduction, actual CPR back glass is beautiful. All the, the upper play field, you know, is a reproduction new, I believe. You know, plastics, everything on it's just tits. Okay, so I made a mistake, Dan, on the, re, on the, um, the original ramp. I didn't look at the one in the box carefully. He bought an NOS ramp and put in the game. The one that's in the okay. box is the original ramp. Cause I, oh, okay. yeah, I thought I, I, when he gave me the ramp, he goes, Oh, here's the original ramp. I thought, I, I, and I, I don't know what my head was telling me 
but I thought that was the <laughs> original. Like, oh, here's here's an uh, you know a an NOS ramp. No, he put that in the game. Okay. Well, good. That just means that the good ones where you want it to be. Right, but the other one's still in real because I looked at it really carefully. It's got where the screws go in to hold it down. There's one where it's cracked and one where it's broke. But I mean, you put a washer there and it'll be fine, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's still it's a spare if like something disastrous exactly happens. Right. But I mean, it's honestly, spare, it's just yeah. gonna sit in a box until you die. Exactly. So, or until no. you meet someone who has a really, you know, a super player pinball with a really crappy ramp, and you're just like, pro. Bro, right. So, are you, are you having a good day? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, somebody really is desperately needs it, man. I'll, you know, maybe pass it on, whatever. So, because uh, my mine's not going to get that beat up. Hopefully, play in a home environment. So, but anyway, so it's got all this great stuff. The sounds great, plays great. All the boards except for one are all rotten dog reproduction boards, you know, aftermarket boards. I mean, there's a lot of time and effort went into this pinbot and it's beautiful and plays perfect. So I got it for 2K. The guy was really cool. He's downsizing to a small house, doesn't have room for it. And like, he gave me boxes of spare parts, man. Like, you know, everything you could think of, right? Just hear more parts, more parts, more parts. That's a real, that's a real come up these days. $2,000 for a nice pinbot. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That's a really good price. For a nice pinbot and parts is just part. like, yeah, dude. Yeah. So really sweet guy, you know, cash on his ass. Here you go. Got out with the Escalera. Uh, took Mickey with me. That was a fun road trip. He was happy because there's no 7-Elevens. Uh, we had a 7-Eleven at every house we lived at, you know, or the two in Sacramento and the one where, you know, Mickey was It's born. a California fixture. Like, you got to have your 7-Eleven yeah. near so that house. We're, we're in Colorado. He's like, please, Dad, we got to stop at 7-Eleven. So I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll get a slurpee. It'll be good. So, I need a slurpee um, and a big bite stat. Yeah, right, exactly. So it's like, he's like, he smell, it smells like 7-Eleven. It was cute. So, he was a good yeah, helper. We had a I can cool hear room. him saying that. Oh, man, I miss Mickey so much. <laughs> Next time I see him, he's probably going to be like 24 years old and be like, hey, what up, Dan? I'm like, what the fuck? He's, you know, I'm really proud of him. He's been, he, you know, because he's, he's been losing weight. He's down a shirt size already. He's been taking the dog for walks every day. Because really, there's no 7-Eleven. Right, yeah, no, no slurpees. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So now he's doing really good. He's growing too. And then Seth, Seth's like five ten now. So um, yeah, it's crazy. So uh, long and short, I I was really mad at Stern for a long time. I had to get that out. I'm not really mad anymore. I get it. You know, prices rise. Blah blah blah. It was just like you know what, man. I, I'm just going to go back to getting my old cheap games where I can get them, like the pinball. I, 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 mean, I can count, like, you know, off the top of my head in the last decade, I've gotten five or six really primo deals by just sitting back, being patient, and, and being upfront with people, like cash on the glass. I've got the cart. I can wheel it out. You don't have to help me, blah, blah, blah. Let's do this. And just being honest with people. You know, and like, they're like, okay. And I've gotten a lot of good deals like that, man. I can tell you, I mean, I could rattle them off pretty quick for you. But just being up front, being a straight shooter, not being a jerk. Well, I keep saying, if you want to spend ridiculous money on a game, buddy, I'll sell you something. And that's it. I really don't. So the overflow that I had to put on credit cards to uh, pay, you know, to pay for the work, the bathroom and the all that. 
I just paid that off with the money I was going to use for Deadpool and still got the pin bot. So well, there you, you go. Know. And I saw the pictures and it's gorgeous for the yeah. price you got. Yeah. That game it's is really primo. nice condition. And usually pin bots are always shot. Yeah. My and last pin bot I had was, uh, was, a it was a, a heavily routed beater, but it played great uh, for 900 bucks. And that was over 10, 10, 11 years ago. And the guy, the local route off literally went to the bar it was in pulled it out of the bar and brought it to my house, man. Okay. So, you know, uh, smoke filled and everything. So, um, no, this one's super, yeah, this, an original play filled and it's almost, I mean, it's super, super nice. So, and it just plays phenomenal. So I'll wrap that up and let Dan take over. So I have my Halloween thing. Um, uh, our trail master, our trail I troop, we also go to the same church. And then you're like, you say the F word more than anybody I've ever heard of. Anyway, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe eight years, man. I blame the Navy. I blame me. Well, but all you got to do is bring, all you got to do is bring me around. I'll get you off ground zero. There you go. Uh, there you go. Um, I'll be like, you want to hear some F bombs, buddy? Have you come to the right place? <laughs> so um, I got that out. I, I don't have a beef with Stern, just so we're clear. They're good guys. They've kept it alive forever. I just didn't, you know, I got upset about that. And a lot of people did, but you know what, man, I'm over it. And I wish them continued success, but I'm going to go back to just buying my cheap used games. Anyway, so um, so I had the trail master over him and his wife. We've become friends and their son is real good friends and, and with my boys and um, really nice family. Uh, the husband, John, had played pinball in his youth. It's really funny. His brother had happened to call him. And he goes, man, I'm playing pinball at a friend's house. I'm like, take a picture and send it to him. So he did. He's like, dude, that's so cool. And I'm like, if your brother comes to visit, man, have him over. So then his wife, Darcy, she's a sweet lady. She had never played a pinball machine in her life. She grew up very sheltered in a very small farm town in northeastern Pennsylvania. And she just never played pinball. Um, they, they're really, you know, they're geek. They love Lord of the Rings. You know, we're talking about the Lord of the Rings pinball machine. They were just like, like their eyes were glazing over, you know. I'm like, yeah, I don't have it anymore. Sold that one. But I know somebody in town who has one that I met. Um, and uh, hopefully we can all get together soon. So, but it was really cool because it was reintroducing someone to an old friend who hadn't played pinball since high school. And we're the same age. Um, and then introducing somebody in their late forties who've never played a pinball. And like, she's like now like flash Gordon is the coolest game. She likes all the games, but flash Gordon, like that's her jam. She's like, this is the coolest game ever, you know? So I think once we get on our Lord of the Rings, that's going to be pretty much it, man. That'll be, you know, it'll be like, I don't care, man. I'm selling plasma. I'm buying one of these, but that was a lot of fun, you know? <laughs> That's and, awesome. And, and yeah. So just, you know, spending uh, the Saturday evening, just the night before Halloween down in the game room and eating a lot of good junk food and having people over playing pinball and just, you know, seeing it through their eyes of somebody who had not played in, you know, uh, 35 years or more. Um, you know, went, man, I, you know, I'm, wow, you don't remember this from, you know, talking about the bowling alley and the skating rink in their little town. I'm like, yeah, man, that's, you know, that's America. And then somebody discovering it for the first time is really awesome. And it was really great to be able to share that with people. And, uh, and that's what it's about, man. That's why you have games. Yeah, exactly. You know, yes. and, and I'll tell you what, man, every time I hear you say down in the game room, I'm so jealous. 
I will yeah. post pictures because, in my basement. I, I know that I know that the pin basement is supreme. And <laughs> don't get me wrong, I, I love the pin garage. I love the open air pinball when the weather's nice. But man, having a basement would be so sweet. Oh, no <laughs> it's, kidding! It's, it's, it's where games belong, man. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, I, so added, I, 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 added a, I added a little refrigerator just yesterday because they went on they, sale at Wally World, like yeah. really cheap, like a hundred, literally a hundred bucks. And uh, so it's full of sodas and water and beer and like that right now. So, so next, you know, when you come out, God willing, man, you would got, we got the bar, we got cold drinks, we got the poker table. Mark, I'll send you a video of the... I'll send it to Dan, a video of the video. I'm going to pick Mark up when I'm on the way. There you go. Right. Perfect. He's going to be like, I can't go to Wyoming for three, four days. I'm like, oh, nonsense. <laughs> we'll eat, we'll let, eat. He, let Heidi know I'll keep you safe. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, she's like, she's met you once. I'm like, I'm trustworthy. <laughs> Not circular so, or anything. So, so I made some pin moves. I, uh, I had, I had a departure. I sold my shadow, which hurts. Oh, you did sell it. Ooh, that's hard. Yeah, I had, I had to let it go. You know, there's just, there's only so much room and only so much money. It went to, it went to a good pin bro. It went to Mike H. Mike Hozier, and uh, he'll take good oh, care Mike of it. Okay, has, good. Has has agreed that you know, yeah, it'll be there for Black Friday to kick our asses. Actually, everyone's just going to hate me for for selling that to the Folsom League because God knows that game is just pure evil. Oh man! Uh, but that's where it started. When I first played that Shadow, it was at Mike's house, and then it went to Adam's house, and it came to my house, and now it's back at Mike's. So, and uh, I picked up an Indianapolis 500. Oh uh, man. Route, route game off of uh, a guy that Spencer actually knew about uh, out in Chico. And uh, me and uh, Jeff Claybaugh had a little pin venture and went and picked it up. You know, a couple hours, nothing, nothing too major. Uh, game is extremely dirty, but everything is there. And uh, it's going to clean up really, really incredibly nice. Actually plays 100%, just very, very tired which is amazing considering how bad it looked. It did have a burnt out HV section. So little board work there. I slapped a color DMD in it, you know, and that'll, that'll fix that problem. No problems. Uh, and uh, I've probably put about, you know, $500 in parts orders in. So it's going to be extremely nice. It's getting a new ramp set. It's getting all new flippers all around. We're going to fix the broken targets. And uh, besides that, you know, it's, it's going to come around. Somebody actually, uh, Brian was telling me today that apparently it's a rare cab variant. I guess that those games came with like a, an orange cab, which was the common one. But I guess that maybe the first hundred had a red cab. And this one has a red cab that doesn't appear to have been retouched up or anything. So I was like, sweet. I didn't even realize because I hadn't even played that game. I just bought it because it was uh, a good price on a rarely seen game. That's awesome. Indy 500 yeah. is a sleeper hit. That's a it's fun great. It's a fantastic game. game. Fun and, and game. What Dan got for being heavily routed is in, other than being dirty and needing some, some you know, tune-up work, um, it's in really, really nice shape. So I turned it over to Brian today, who's going to work his magic on it. You know, as much as I kind of want to do the shop job myself, uh, I know that when it comes down to doing a shop job, like I'm probably about a six and Brian's probably a 10. So he's going to really take this thing where it needs to go. 
and it'll be really, really nice. And I think I'll keep it around for a while. I love car games and I, I really want to have games by different designers and shadow. I had three games by Brian Eddy. Cause I also have a Mandalorian and a medieval madness. And I never keep Dennis Nordman games for very long. You know, the longest I've ever had a Dennis Nordman game was I was borrowing a scared stiff for a year. And I had my Demolition Man for a very short amount of time. So I'm hoping that this game makes the grade and I'll keep it around for a while. If not, I'll be into it cheap enough that I can certainly uh, get a good trade or a good sale out of it. But hopefully it'll stay for a while. I, I, I like I like the whole idea of, of the the sports game and the indie racing. I think it'll go really nicely with World Cup soccer. I was just going to say that those two, and it's the same announcer too, isn't it? So I don't think it is. I think Kits Row does all the voices in World Cup soccer. And I think that with uh, indie, I think they actually got the guys who really did the announcing for the indie games. Oh, that's cool. And they did a good job. Like it's got some pretty funny call outs. Like when you miss a shot with the upper flipper, they, they comment that you probably don't even know the flippers there. It's got like a it's got like a use uh, like a move your car like call out, which I like. So I think that it's it's pretty cute. And, uh, you know, it's got some really cool diverters, uh, that, that, uh, that turbo spinner ball launch thing is super unique. And I was really surprised to find out how that actually worked. Cause I, you know, I'd always just assumed there was probably a kicker up there, but it really does like whiff that ball around with centrifugal force and just launch it. Oh, that is cool. The turbo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I, I, I really think that one of the cool things about a game especially like your Dennis Stormman games is that, you know, they always have really wild ramps. And uh, with this game, like the ramps were really dirty and they, they were kind of cracked. There was some damage, but they were perfectly serviceable. And then it turned out that there's a guy called Rampomatic on Pinside who does ramps for really like odd one-off games. And it turns out that he does a set for Indy 500. And then you can still get the labels for the ramps from Australia. And I was like, oh, I'll have to sleep on this. And so naturally, within the half hour, I'd ordered them. And uh, so they're going to be on the way. So, yeah, we're going to take this thing. We're going to take this thing pretty far. You know, we're going to get it get it pretty close to as good as it can be. It, it has a couple chips that we probably won't worry about too much. And, uh, you know, like I said, it'll, it'll be, it'll be a nice player. It won't be a resto project, but it'll be good. Congratulations, yeah, Dan. That's awesome. I, thank I'm excited you. to see a, uh, Indy 500 in a private collection. I always see it shows, but I never know anybody who owns one. So that's exciting. Well, yeah, except there were like 2,500. So yeah, there aren't a lot of them out there. And, uh, yeah, so thank you. I'm really hoping that I that I have a wonderful ownership experience with it. So far, like I said, I've I've put probably a dozen games on it, just playing it in its routed state. And you know, I got the super jackpot, which was a really really cool, uh, really really cool sequence of shots. So I'm sure that once it's all polished and and fast and you know evil, uh, I'll hate it and I'll want to sell it. So, <laughs> and then uh, speaking of hating it, and wanting to sell it, I actually bought my Ghostbusters back. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, with the new code, with the code that is enhanced as far as making it easier, changes the game completely. You know, I didn't get rid of Ghostbusters because I didn't like it. The truth was I liked it a lot. Um, but at the time, I knew somebody who wanted to buy it. And I had a line on another game that was, you know, a Grail game. And I owned it for a while. And then I turned it into another Grail game. 
but it had never really gotten out of my mind that it was just like, you know, I miss, you know, I, I sell, I buy and sell games, you know, probably a regular amount of time, I'd say. And uh, it was one of the ones that I sold and I was just like, oh, I really wish I'd figured out how to hold on to Ghostbusters because it turned out that I, I missed having it here and my wife missed it. And, uh, you know, it's a really super timeless theme, I think, for, you know, the 40-year-old guys. And, you know, the art was really, really good. And just, you know, the gameplay itself. The gameplay is interesting, whether you love it or you hate it. It it had its own style. And so when our friend uh, bought his Godzilla Limited Edition, he, you know, he had to sell something. And uh, apparently, uh, Henry had never sold a game today until today. And I bought, I bought Ghostbusters and I just said, don't even, you know, think of it as like a money loan because eventually I'll need to buy something else. And I'll just be like, well, Henry, you want to buy, buy your Ghostbusters back? And uh, so Ghostbusters is back in the family. And in fact, as soon as, as soon as we finish up here, I'm going to probably go out and uh, put a half a dozen games on it to get reacquainted with it. You know, so, yeah, those are, my, those are my tales of my new acquisitions, probably the last ones for a little while. Yeah, you always say that. In a week and a half from now, it's like, I can't kind of talk right now. I'm picking up three new games. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> like, like, I'm buying a game. In, Shut in up. Disaster, I can't bring anything to your house to store anymore because uh, uh, you're four states away. Um, no, um, yeah, well, Henry, that you notice he's got that whole second garage that we never go into, but it's full of games. It well, is? He's, got a, he's got about a dozen games out there. None of them are, are up and running. They're all soldiered up. Uh, and he's got like 21 or 22 in his home game room or in his house. <laughs> Which it's is a, like a, a maze to get through. Like he's, <laughs> like he's got a whirlwind. Yeah, it really is. It's just too tight. Yep. But he's got like a whirlwind and a fire. And, uh, you know, he's got some EMs and stuff like that. He's got like a Roy Clark that'll never work again. So, I mean, <laughs> we were talking about it. You know, we had actually all rolled down to... Uh, to Jason's second Saturday thing, you know, me and, and Rick and Henry, and we were talking about the collections and, you know, who's the craziest and it's by far Henry. I'm still going to go with Brad, uh, but okay. Well, I mean, in Elk Grove, Brad oh, is okay. definitely the craziest overall, like okay. by far, but that's just because, you know, I don't know. Have you ever been to Brad Grant's house, Mark? No, I, I, I know he wanted me to come over one time and I couldn't make it, but oh, uh, I would love to, he, I would love to see his collection. literally everything cool. <laughs> <laughs> Every wall of his house has awesome stuff on it. You know, he's just, he's got neat things everywhere that you look, just tchotchkes and pieces of history and arcade stuff and pop culture and he's got this collection of jukeboxes like when i first met him he was into pinball but i knew him because of his jukebox collection he's got like probably a dozen of just the most gorgeously restored jukeboxes all full of period appropriate music it's just unbelievable and uh yeah so we were just talking about like who who the craziest was and you know by far it was henry because he has like 30 games so that makes him twice as crazy as me but rick is catching up rick's got a pretty healthy collection so you know we we're definitely we're definitely doing okay by ourselves in terms of our our pinball selection but i think that ghostbusters is uh Ghostbusters is a game that I, I'll have a hard time getting rid of again. I think that I've decided that it's going to stay around. And it goes real well with like, you know, you have that list of just themes that you like the most, right? 
I've got my Star Trek, I've got my Star Wars, I've got my Ghostbusters, you know, if, if I can put Back to the Future into that lineup, you know, that'll be amazing. I got, you know, Guns N' Roses and, you know, just there's a lot of the stuff in here that's just like, it's, it's you know, just love letters to the things that, you know, I've always really wanted to have the coolest thing for. So Ghostbusters is back. That's awesome. Yeah, now of course, since Henry had it, now it's covered with mods. It's got a color DMD in it, you know, shaker motor, all the accoutrements. Awesome. That dude loves to mod his games. <laughs> <laughs> I know another friend that loves to mod his games, and wow, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome when you have a friend that has an amazing collection, and you can go over there anytime that they invite you. It's it's such a blessing. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> Are you talking about, uh, Mike, uh, uh, Mike and Jason and there's several, there's Ryan down the street who lives for me. I w- got to play as oh. Alice Cooper. It, yeah. It's fantastic. And the, I just, I've never known Mike to be too big on mods, but he likes very specific mods. Yeah. You Jason know, like- is, is mods, everything. He blings out every game and they look amazing. <laughs> He's got the topper that's, that has the smoke for the, uh, Indiana Jones. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Jason. So Jason was the guy who bought your game of Thrones, right? He bought it and he sold it. I saw his ad I yep. saw, and his ad oh, was hilarious because yeah. his ad was his ad was $6,500 for the best topper in pinball <laughs> and will include a Game of Thrones Pro with it. And I was just like, oh, that's hilarious. Yep, yep. And then all I said was, that's not a Black Knight. <laughs> he, did get a, Game of Thrones, he did get a Black yeah. of uh, Black Knight Sword of Rage, though. So, uh, I, and I don't I know do if he'll get the to topper. Get, <laughs> I do need to get one of those. I have a Black Knight Sword of Rage topper. Ooh. I bought it when they came out, right? Because I was just like, I know these will be hard to find down the road, and someday I'll have a Black Knight Swords of Rage that I want to put this topper on. So I picked one up when they were five hundred dollars, and now they're like, you know, just ridiculous amounts of money. And the problem is, is that you know you can still find a Sword of Rage, but the game has had kind of a comeback. You know, I think people are catching on to how cool it is because I was being offered like limiteds for like $7,000 and man, I'm kicking myself in the ass now for passing on them. Yeah, I know. But you know, I had to have that pirates or I had to have that guns and roses. I guess you can't blame me, but now I'm just like, Oh, I wish I'd grab that game. I just, I wish I'd robbed the money from savings or something, you know, cashed in some stocks or sold some Nintendo games or something, anything to have gotten that game at the time. Cause now I know when I end up finding one, I'm going to pay like nine grand for it. Oh yeah, probably. You know, but I think that that's a game that, uh, I think that it's really good and I think that people are going to think that it's really good. And I just think that at the time everybody had a little bit different idea of like either what it was or what it was supposed to be. And in a world where people are complaining, Oh, games need to have features. Game needs to have max. It's just like that night is one of the coolest game features ever made. You know, it's just a direct adversary with a shield that knocks the ball back and the mace that knocks the ball back and the sweet, you know, animated background and the the upper lock and everything. Like, I think that's just a super heavy duty game. So, you know, people people in the future will will recognize that game's greatness. Hopefully by then I'll own one. There you go. Right. 
and that's about it for my pinball adventures. I am, I'm pinballed out. I had a big pinball weekend. We had a big pinball last month. League finals went real, real well. Everybody, everybody, I think had a good time and, you know, we're going to be going into a, uh, a hopefully, you know, wonderful holiday season with, uh, with, you know, some, some good pinball juju. I'm looking forward to Mike's uh, Black Friday. If I can make it with the weather, hopefully the weather yeah. is nice. Oh, Cause I want to yeah, go to that. The weather cooperates. Cause that's, uh, have you been yeah, before, Mark? Be have I been to Mike's? His Black Friday yeah, he's, been to, he's been to Black Friday. Uh, I don't remember. I know I came to the pin golf tournament and I came to the critical hit, which was Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, guess, I, guess I, not come to, I have not yeah. come to Black Friday, though. Black Friday is the best. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to miss it this year because they didn't have it last year. Um, well, I'm hoping to be in Reno next week for work. And, you know, we'll see how, how the, the travel conditions are. I mean, it seems like the season's been pretty mild so far. So far, yeah. So, so far. you know, let's hope that it doesn't decide to get wild in the next week or so. And then maybe if that works out, then the week after that, everything will be fine. You know, I hope and so. You can make I just got to get those Christmas lights up and then yeah, I can get mine. Well, you to know, go. you, you, you got to put up those Christmas lights, man. <laughs> So, you gotta keep you gotta keep you gotta keep the boss happy so that she'll let you come out and play pinball exactly, with me some more. Exactly. Oh, so I want to add real quick, uh, Brian, who's not on tonight, but I posted he's he's in the middle of uh, shopping his whitewater, which he's had for years. He just needed to be shopped again. And uh, there's a little quick video of some uh, uh, mod work he did on all the uh, stand-up targets. Um, where he put colored lights to match the color of the targets behind the targets. So you can go watch the video on our Facebook page. Um, yeah, you know, he, yeah, he locked the insert, the uh, the adjoining insert, he locked them into the target. So they move in the sequence, and when you hit the targets, they light up. Yeah. So he did it for the Bigfoot hot foot section. He did it for the river targets and somewhere else too. It looks great. And apparently uh, he's got those targets. He's, he's done them for attack from Mars for the Martian targets. And he's working on a way to do it for the under the UFO section. And apparently he's going to do the same treatment on, uh, on Indy 500. That's so, really awesome. awesome. So, apparently, so if anyone's interested in doing this, it's not an invention of his. He got it, and he was telling me about this. So I'm not like throwing him under the bus or anything. Right. He got it from a thing that Vid posted on Pinside. So if anybody wants to see how these are done, I'm sure he he directs you that way. But yeah, check those out. And uh, it's it's a little you know it's a little tricky and a little time intensive. You know it takes it takes a steady hand and some patience. But uh, I I wasn't that into it until I saw these things working on Whitewater, and I was like, oh, that looks really really cool. Yeah, the video. In, it's just like in a, person, it looks even better than the video. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, now he there. needs to he needs to package and sell that Doctor Who mod he created though, because that's the greatest thing since sliced bread. That is very cool. Nice. So but yeah, we wish Brian could have been here. There just there's some technical limitations. We're working through them. We're working through he'll, it. He'll be back with us. We didn't replace him with Mark, even though that'd be a good trade. <laughs> really, really good trade. Mark's probably worth me and Brian twice, but hey. 
It's free. You love us. That's right. I'm having a great time being a part of this show. Right on. We're glad to have you. So, you know, we'll be glad to get Brian back on the show again. It's good. Yeah, I like the fact that you talk over me way less than Spencer does. Uh, I've been really good about that lately. We've been Not doing... too bad. Only only once tonight. Yeah, yeah you've been really good, Spencer. In fact, a couple of times I thought you dropped off by accident, but just not you guys were, you were there. No, you know what? I I I'm more awake. Like so, we did the last episode. I was so exhausted. The time change and then the high altitude and just um, I mean, I love it here. My wife just like it's it's just ecstatic here. It's I got a lot going on with work, a lot going on with the family. Um, good stuff, all good stuff. Also, it's just, it's, it's like, you know, there's, there's, there's no community here for pinball right now. And so that's a little, you know, tough. But you know what, man? You know, I'm going to change that or I'm going to work on changing it. So, you know, but no, anyway, but no, I'm more awake tonight. I, like I said, we talked to her, I got a little bit of a nap because way past my bedtime. Um, well, and you know, the truth is a good host just keeps his guests talking. And with me and Mark on the show, Spencer, you don't have a lot of work to do because both of us just love to talk. <laughs> yeah, but so do I. So, yeah. you know, yeah. but no, no, it's, it's turning out really good. Good so, balance. So good if, balance. You go on the, if you go on the Facebook page, it's like, you know, just, I don't know. I, I'm not an internet guy, really. I mean, just, just go on the Facebook and type in the spinner is lit. You'll find it. Um, nope. Nobody would believe that you like to talk, especially after that cheese cheese story, dude. I, I know. I know, right? Just, okay, dude, I'm alone in a car driving through the desert listening to a horse with no name, okay? I was running out of ideas and it just popped into my head and went, wait a minute. He said cheese twice. I wonder if he even knows this. Um, you know, I was calling you. you uh, how long we talked to him? I was calling everybody I knew, like, just talk to me. You and my wife's like, All right, I love you. I'm going to sleep. You pull over when you get tired. You know, you know, um, Spencer, when you and I saw each other four times a week, you could still call and get, keep me on the phone for an hour. And nobody does that. I know. <laughs> I know, man. I know. Spencer is a, he has got the gift of gab more than anyone I've ever seen. And he engages you. Like he, he keeps you talking. It's like, it's like that scene in Ricky Bobby where, uh, Cal keeps Ricky talking, even though he hates him. And Ricky's like, what is this? Like some sort of trick. That's like Spencer. Like he, that dude just can keep you talking. He always, you know, before I let you go. And it's like, ah, oh, here we go. Here 30 more minutes. Here it comes. And, and, uh, just because it's yeah. just because we love you, brother. And Spencer, you that's why you created Spinner is lit. It, it really is, man. It's just a vehicle. It's just, and like you said, the, the greatest compliment I get from people. The Spencer can talk. Well, no, is is it's great because I feel like I'm there with you guys just sitting around the table, sitting in your basement. We're drinking sodas. We're eating pizza. And we're just talking pinball and having a good time. And that's all I ever wanted the show to be is just an extension of all us dudes hanging out. You know, like when we had uh, we went to dinner and we got to cut this off. So we're almost at three hours. <laughs> we um, hit three hour mark. I know. Right? I know. Yeah. But we're hey, you know what? Three hour mark. If, if you're driving to the desert of Nevada or Utah, we got your back. <laughs> you, you, you got something to do, man. There you go. Because I listen to everybody else's podcasts on that trip because um, I listen to them anyway. But um, uh, yeah, it, it's. We went to dinner. It was uh, me and Brad and Dan and Greg Ong and Brian. And uh, the five of us had not gotten together all together in a while. So we went to um, 
Fud Rockers. Fud Rockers, which I'd never been to um, in uh, uh, Fairfield. California, and we had you know the the burgers were good. We had we had great camaraderie. Went back to Brad's, played some pinball, and then all went our separate ways. I crashed on Brian's couch. Thank you again, Brian, for always being there. Let me crash on your couch. Um, and I was out the door Sunday morning at four thirty a.m. Man, on the road, so uh, I got about four hours sleep, and then hammered seventeen straight hours to get back home to Casper. So, um, but no, man, it's 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 pinball is a vehicle man it's this it's the camaraderie it's the brotherhood that's you know just getting together with like-minded folks and just hanging out and sharing a story and a and a cold pop or a meal that's what pinball is all about that's what all words you know? word you know? that's right and that's why and that's why you know i we're gonna wrap it up and i'm gonna leave you know well you know i want to we'll roll right into shout outs and thank yous uh big thank you to uh JJ Game Exchange for his hospitality, his hotel room. Also, um, you know, Rob Anthony, um, huge hospitality man. Just seeing it's so good to get a hug and see a friendly face at a pinball show, being the new guy at a new show in a new town. And uh, and to the measles, measles, uh, wonderful people. Um, to all the gang who put on the uh, the, the Mile High show, man, thank you for doing that. To all the people who put on shows, to hopefully my new pinball. Uh, friends in my neighborhood, which I got to reach out to them now that Halloween's over and get them over here. Um, and that would be Matt and his lovely wife. I'm hoping I get this right. Jess. Um, and that we talked about, talked to him briefly on Pinside and met at this show. Um, and, and, you know, to, to all the people out there, it's like, oh man, I can't afford the new games. Games get expensive. You know what? You're a pinhead. You know, if you love pinball, even if you don't own any games and you play on your pad and go play on location or to show when you can. Um, if you love pinball, that's, that's, that's the, all you got to do. If you can afford an old game, an EM, an early solid state, get a couple, have fun with them. You know, if you have the money to buy the new games, the LEs, awesome. If you don't, do what you can, man. Just, you know, participate when and how you can and be part of a wonderful hobby and a wonderful community and don't let the shiny new, um, you know, get y'all bunched up. I kind of did for a minute and I just went, you know what, man, I'm going to back it up and go get a another 30 plus year old game and have a blast with it, which by the way, I guess who has a high score on Pinbot right now. It's not me or Rusty. Mickey. Mickey. He's got over six million on that thing right you were, now. You were telling me that That's Mickey is wrecking that game. That's a lot. Wrecking that game, man. He yeah. is just just dominating Pinbot right now. And I haven't even come close. Like I've got like just less than half of what he's got on there. So but just keep playing, man. No matter where you are in the world, there's so much craziness going on in the world. Just you know what, man? Link up with a family member or a friend and and will you play on location or on, on an iPad or a Nintendo Wii or playing like the pinball arcade or whatever, um, you know, or you have a game or two in your house or 50 or a local pool hall or whatever, just play pinball and, and hang out and have, have that fun, man. Have that, uh, have that camaraderie and that friendship and share that. Right. Pinball's a means to an end, you know, getting, getting people to play, getting people to have fun, getting people to love something that you love, hopefully. Yeah, man. And just, it, it just, taking you back for a minute to a simpler time in your life, you know, when you were younger and, you know, had hair and uh, some of you, I know, I know you commented on it, Dan, you saw the Facebook post of uh, me on veterans day a hundred years ago. 
<laughs> yeah, that was that was amazing, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I was 21, 22 there. So yeah, and thanks for your service, by the way. Absolutely, Spencer. gentlemen. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, shout out My to dollars at work. <laughs> and I want to give a shout out to you both for letting me be on the show two months in a row. I hope we can continue this. Maybe we can figure out Zencaster to have more than just three people, but it well, worked we really up to well. 10. I just don't it, know how, how long it'll take you to do the editing. So that's, that's okay. Hopefully when we close it out this time, it shouldn't be that same thing where we all have separate files. Oh, it's not going to be bad. There's only just two separate files. You know, the one where we accidentally terminated it and then uh, we started up again, but that's only two files. So that's yeah, not yeah, going to be a big no, deal at all. Yeah. But no, shout out to you. Shout out to my wife, Heidi, for letting me do this uh, and let Yay, me Heidi. talk about pinball all Yay, the time. Heidi. And shout out to Jim Shelby and Shannon for making the trip out from Sacramento to have a great time at Pinball Expo with me. Uh, we had a really great time to play pinball and hang out and shoot the breeze. It was really fun. So shout out to them and shout out to Jason for always inviting me along with everybody else in Reno to play his collection. I got a big shout out to all the guys who put on the CCPL. We just finished our uh, our first session in, in quite a while. So Mike, David, uh, Stephen, and Adam, uh, Henry, uh, Jack, you know, everyone who's hosting, uh, Shannon, you know, who, who hosted a couple times, just absolutely fantastic. And I mean, it's, it's already a humongous hole in my life with Lee being over. Uh, we've had a couple get togethers. Jack actually had everyone over to his place on uh, last Friday and just to come play his collection for a while. Uh, Mike Garcia had everybody over, you know, I'm going to have everybody over. I'm sure, uh, you know, the whole CCPL family. I mean, they're, they're who keep me playing pinball, you know, big thanks of course to Spencer for giving us a reason to kick it and do this big thanks to Mark for, uh, being a part of this operation. Uh, it'll be great to have Brian back, uh, next week. He, he was, uh, he was like, I'm like, hey, so you ready to talk on the show tonight? He's like, there's a show tonight? <laughs> like, oh, sorry about that. Uh, we just got to get his technology in line. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, and, uh, you know, like you guys said, to all the people who put on shows this year, we know, we know it was a terrible environment to put on a show. And, uh, you know, to everybody who's, uh, who's keeping the, the pinball hobby in it for the right reasons, again, for fun, for camaraderie, for the love of the games. It's not all about money. You know, don't let the money ruin it for you. If you don't have a lot of money, you know, you have friends who have games and are going to let you play them, whether they have a lot of money or not, you know, don't, don't covet, appreciate, I think is what it comes down to. I know that's easy to say when you feel like you have a lot, or if, if, you know, you look at someone who has a lot and you don't feel like you do, you know what, man, the, the deal will find you just keep your eyes open, you know, keep a, keep a, keep a bright eye. And, you know, you never know when someone's going to say, Hey, look, I got a game. I need it out of my life. I need a little room. I need a little extra money, you know, how about I give it to you for this? And uh, that's a game finding you. You know, that's where that game's meant to be. If you try to force something to happen, uh, you know, that game will have bad juju and probably won't make you as happy as it could have. You'll always worry about what you spent on it or what you went through to get it. You know, if you have a fun a fun experience buying a game, you know, it means that you're, you know, your time with that game is, is going to be happy. 
you know, of course, unless it's your average pinball machine and it spins all its fucking time broken. <laughs> so, you know, but to just everybody, you know, just, you know, be in pinball for the right reasons. And that's just to me, I, I know our, our activity here is just going less and less away from the love of the game and more and more towards money and speculation. And, you know, I have to make money on this deal and the whole works. And it's just like, look, if you can't afford to buy a game, you know, it's cheaper to play a game on location anyway or make a friend who has games. If you can't afford to buy a game, it doesn't cost you shit to share them with your friends. You if go. you're worried about what that game costs uh, and what you're going to resell it for, you're not playing it hard enough. You know, sell it to someone who will appreciate it and get the fuck out of my hobby. So, here, here. you know, yeah. there you go. <laughs> uh, well said, Dan. No, sincerely, you know, and that's the whole meat and potatoes of it, man, is is. You know, you think back to the old timers when I was the new kid in the, in the, you know, club. Um, you you know, were always the old timer to me, sir. I know. Like, well, you know, like, you know, Steve Sharlin and, and, uh, um, you know, the, that whole, those whole, you know, old time, you know, Brad, you know, and Greg and, uh, and what you and Brian both, man, have been in the game a long time. And, uh, you remember when Brad was the new guy? Let's put it this way. Wow, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm talking about, man. But I mean, always everybody's like, hey, just come over and play. We know, like Michael Hozier. I'm having to get together. Come on over. Uh, okay. Never met the dude. Never talked to him online before. Just, oh, you moved into the area? Come on over and play. You know? That's awesome. Like, yeah. Just, and all the people always been like that. So all just, just good, good people. So, um, yeah, man, I think that's it. Let's wrap it up. So, uh, uh there's pictures of Pinbot on the uh, Facebook page. There's pictures of the, ba- or there's a video of the basement now. So if you want to check that out, there's a great video of, uh, Brian's work on his, uh, whitewater in progress and hopefully we'll have, uh, um, more going on. And if you watch the video, my, my poor game lineup, I'm in like 3,100 on all four of those games. So you can, and you know, well, one I bought recently, the others I've had for a while, but you can have a good fun little collection for not, not breaking the bank. Anyway, um, you guys know the, uh, address where the, uh, spinner is lit at gmail.com. Um, we're hosted on SoundCloud. You can catch us on iTunes. I think there's a couple of hosting sites. I got to update that stuff. So y'all remember what to say and how to say it. Play pinball. Keep America strong.